everybody like i told you i'm 11 minutes late i had to stop in mrs scurve's kitchen and that was like one big culinary speed bump it slowed me down and i didn't get all that i wanted so i brought two apples with me but i couldn't hold back i had to bring sister sherelle back she's here with us and we're going to talk about the narcissistic man which in principle we're not bashing men i'm going to say this from the beginning it's the fact that she dealt with a narcissistic man, so that's the topic. But in principle, it could be a woman if you're a man or whatever combination you choose. We don't know nothing about that. But Cheryl, Sherelle, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. Hey, hey, hey. I'm glad you're here. And so many people have been asking, and I, I, I don't know if you saw the comments, um, but whatever you saw in the comments, I got like 100 more direct messages and a ton of stories that I won't put out there because people told me not to, but they will be coming around and they want to speak with you directly on a future show. So we're going to keep covering this topic and I'm letting people know right now that this is not just a one-time deal with this particular topic because there's so many different angles that we can cover in this. So that being said, wait a second, my stream, I don't know, I'm seeing something flash over here looking like red. So for the people who are coming in, let me know how the stream is doing and... um. I'm glad you're here. Let's continue from wherever you want to start. Um, I'm going to send out a notification on my own end to bring more people in. But wow, what could I even ask you? Because you were quite thorough. But you brought up some points that opened the door to other areas that we want to discuss, um, especially with the other woman that worked along with your ex-narcissist uh, boyfriend, I hate to say boyfriend, your, 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 your mate. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're grown behind people. We should not be saying boyfriend and girlfriend, boy and girl. You know, there's no high school ring involved here. You know what I mean? That you have to give back. I have a, another name. That's what I more would like to, you know, refer to it as. But I guess boyfriend is nice. Mm -hmm. It's more proper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, if you run out of a, you know, more useful word, it's okay. <laughs> okay so let's roll let's roll let's get down we only have about an hour or less i know you have things to do but you know like they say in the song from back in the early 70s by double exposure 10 percent of something is better than 100 percent of nothing at all so I'm, I'm glad you're here so let's just make use of the time that we have was there anything that you wanted to say or cover that you didn't cover because when we do these shows we think we got it all out and we say oh man I wish I would have said that. If you have that, we'll start out there. Well, I'm pretty sure people would like to know the origin of it because I didn't give that much origin about it from the beginning, I mean, in part one. And so I'm going to just talk a little bit about the origin of how we met. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bounce off a comment that was made in the comment section. Mm -hmm. Someone replied that narcissists target their prey you have to be like weak, somebody weak or vulnerable. No, no, no. That's not necessarily the case because mm -hmm. you know, it just depends on what type of narcissist you're dealing with. But I'm going to just give them a little background mm -hmm. and I'm going to work my way up. Okay. So, school is in. 
I was just saying, school is in. I got my pad, my paper ready, oh, oh, and the pencil. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hear what you were saying. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You apologize. You're so polite. But go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> I won't interrupt and be that disruptive student. Okay. All right. Anyway, he was someone in my neighborhood. I had been living in this apartment complex like two years, and he never said a word. Never. We'll meet up at the mailbox. Never said a word. Not hello. What's up? Nothing. So for like two years, I had been single, and I wasn't necessarily looking for anyone, you know. But uh, I would see him come through, go and come. I never focused on him, you know. It's just some a person you're seeing in your apartment complex. So I wasn't aiming at him none whatsoever. So. I mean, it wasn't anything wrong with him. That's not what I'm saying. He was attractive. He wasn't one of those pretty guy types. He was just right. The car he drove was okay. It was just a regular car because a lot of women get distracted about flashy cars. And the guy, you know, he has to be a 10 on a scale from 5 to 10. He got to be a 10. It was like, you know, everything was just regular with this guy. So one day, you know, like me and another tenant that stayed in the apartment complex that I conversated with on the regular, we were standing at the mailbox when he drove up to the mail, about to get his mail. And they knew each other. They were former co-workers. So while they were talking, it was like I was still invisible. He never said, hey, how you doing? Nothing. So I can't say that he targeted me. Because he never said a word. So it just all depends on, like I said, what type of narcissist the person is. The ones that this guy, which he was a covert narcissist, he probably was. Uh, I noticed that he, not at that time, but I later discovered that he was also a somatic narcissist as well. But the covert ones are pretty much in the closet. They are like quiet manner and... You know, you would never think that they're worse. They are like that, right? Those, woo, though, I believe those are the worst ones because you never see it coming. But anyway, um, like I said, covert people just don't come out and say, "Hey, what's up?" or whatever, because they're afraid of rejection. So even if he wanted to make a move, he didn't because. He didn't want to set himself up for re- uh, rejection. That's just like someone taking a knife, stabbing themselves. And he didn't want to, you know, feel that rejection. But anyway, it was like, um, I would say about two months later, before I began to ask my neighbor some questions about him, and from what she would say, you know, from working with him, he was pretty much like the type I was interested in. She was like, he was quiet, pretty much kept to himself, one kid that she knew of. And so when she said kid, I'm like thinking, it's kind of a relationship, but, you know, she said she didn't know. So I was like, I didn't try to pursue it or anything. But to make a long story short, one day when I was out, like, doing my evening exercise, he turned into his drive and sat there until I was approaching then this day, he got out, you know, he threw up a finger like, what's up? And he was like, it's a bit hot out here, isn't it? So I'm like looking around, 
thinking he talking to someone else, but yeah, he was talking to me. It was like a month later before he even asked for my number. Most times he was gone anyway when I would be out walking. So mm-hmm. um, we kind of approached it like turtles, you know. It wasn't no rush, rush thing or anything. And basically his words were matching with his actions when I did begin to talk to him. If he said, well, let's go out. You know, he didn't stand you up. He was before time, every time, before time. Most guys stand you up. You never hear from him. I hear a lot of ladies complain about that. Well, this guy offered to take me out. We talked on the phone for hours, and then when it came to the date, he even texted me and said, we still on for tonight? And he never showed up. He wasn't. He didn't even answer his phone. No, I didn't have none of that kind of hmm. complaint about him. Mm-hmm. So, like I told you guys in part one, he was calling multiple times today. And I remember this particular time, like, I worked in a daytime job. He worked an evening job. Right. So, you know, he would call me at work. Um, Like, if he knew I was available to talk, he would call me at work. And um, someone must have told him that I had left for the day because I was sick on that particular day. But anyway, he was like, he had told me he was going to be, like, two hours away out of town. I don't know why he was out of town, but, you know, this is the beginning phase and so he was like, I'd be out of town. But anyway, that day he found out that I wasn't feeling well. And, you know, he turned back around. And when I look out my door, he's knocking on my arm at my door. Really? So that was like, wow. So he was doing everything that most guys don't see. So that, you know, I'm like thinking he's okay. Mm-hmm. In that phase, anyway, I was thinking he was okay. Um. Any females complain about guys don't even get them anything for their birthdays, Christmases. I never had this problem. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. The only thing I could say about him was his creativity. Like, if we go out somewhere, I want you to surprise me if it's my birthday or something like that. But just give me some options. I said, why you want to go? You want to do A or you want to do B? So, uh, I was kind of like, you know, surprised me sometimes. That's what I'm like thinking, you know, but he wasn't no A in the creativity area, no. Mm-hmm. So I never got those rose petals that, you know, how some guys, you know, you open your door and the rose petals lead to the bedroom. Right, right. I never got that. I never got the candlelight dinner. I didn't mind because, you know, he was like getting A's and B's in all other departments. Right, right. So so it's almost like it's almost like synchronized swimming. You know, you delete the top score and the low score and you come up with the average. So after everything that you didn't get from him, when you averaged everything together, it was still pretty much a winning score is what you're saying. Right. Right. It was like a high score. Mm-hmm. Oh, still a high score. That's good. Right. Because those are some things that I tell females they need to screen for. Even though he might be, you know, be no, because that's what a lot of females stress about. And is he going to call me? That's their most, the number one question most females when a guy asks for a girl number. Is he going to call me? Is he going to follow through? <laughs> so he was doing all of that. Those were some things that had me kind of like amazed because the first time we went out, 
I was like, I'm not going to call him because that's what females do. They play that little game. Don't even give the guy chance to call them or whatever. By the time they go on the date, the next day they blowing his phone up. Nope. I was like, well, if you don't call me, I'm not going to call him. <laughs> I didn't think no more about it. You know, I had a good time the first day. Didn't think no more about it. Right. And so from that point on, like I say, everything was cool. Everything was, like, in order. So I know a lot of people say, well, what was the problem? You know, uh, in the beginning, like, everything be running smooth. Um, like, in three months, we was in a relationship. He made that step to say, hey, I want a relationship. Okay, okay. This, 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 this is what I want to ask you. Many people fall into a relationship and realize that they're in a relationship but never say they're in a relationship. It's implied through the actions and it happens that way. You end up living with somebody um, together and you know that you are the one. Other people have to make it official and say, listen, or they'll ask, like, listen, we've been around each other a lot now and I'm kind of feeling like this and this and that. Did you make it official? Uh, or did uh, he, he actually said this about the relationship and proclaim this or... Was it direct? Was it a sit down? Or was it something he said in passing? What was, how did this happen? How did you get to this level and realize it between the both of you? We had went out and um, he just said it one day after we, when he was taking me home, he was like, so I'm ready for a relationship. Okay. 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 This thing, see, to me, that sounds selfish. Did you pick up on that? That, that he no. said, he, no, no, I'm ready for a relationship. Did, did, did he ask you, like, how do you feel? To me, that's like a big red flag that knocks me up the side of my big head. No, because I guess he just automatically assumed that women are ready. <laughs> and so he, I guess the way I took it, I was, he was like, I'm ready for a relationship. And so I was like, cool, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how it was. And like a year later, we was, had moved in together. Mm. Okay. I mean, you're adults. I mean, it's not like you have to wait 10 years or something, you know, but as long as that's what you... So in the plans of, of moving in together um, with where it was going to be or he, you were going to go over his place, he was going to come over your place, or you both were going to abandon... Each place and get a new place whose furniture got right. put in storage. Give me the details because this would kind of give me an indication on how things really were. I'm not being nosy, and if I overstep my bounds, smack me and let me know you're asking too much. It was new. Uh, mine was, uh, my lease was up. His boom became up, so we decided to just get something altogether new. Mm hmm. So okay. I know people are like thinking, so where's the problem? Well, the first problem came about when I moved in with him, like the eight, the eight girlfriend. I mentioned that in part one. Mm -hmm. So she, uh, we reached a point about the edges, like it was just frequency with her calling him all the time. And so one morning while he was in the shower, I noticed it was her on the phone, and I was like, and, and I'm not advising anybody to do this because that was back when I was in my trial and error period. 
<laughs> like fresh 20 something. I like that. Your I trial and error dare. period. <laughs> right. I want to dare do that now because I'm more, you know, like this laid back type of person and I don't do that type of stuff. I don't go to a guy's phone. I'm not about to do all that CIA investigation and not do anything about it. So, anyway, uh, this particular morning I had got pissed because, like I said, she calls all the time. While he was in the shower, I answered the phone, and uh, I just asked God, I was like, why do you call him all the time? I was like, uh, well, she was like, we have a child together. I was like, okay, fine. I was like, but it's like barely 7 in the morning. And I was like, you call him nearly every day. Mm-hmm. And if your kid want to speak to him, why not just dial the number for her? And allow her to speak with him. I'm pretty sure it's nothing you want to talk to him about every day that's stupid. So, she was like, I have a kid by him. By that time, I had hung up on him. Mm. And that's why I'm telling females, there's no need for you to get confrontational with the female. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that was his job to do. So I'm pissed. He get out the shower. I'm heading out to work. He knows I'm pissed. He asks me what's wrong. And I tell him. I'm like, you know, she's calling you every day almost. Something is going on. Right. You better fix it. Right. We have a child together. That's all it is. And I was like, you better fix it. That's Mm -hmm. all I had to say. So, I don't know, you know, what he he ever told her. I don't know. But um, that little bit, as far as I know, stopped. So, another little problem that I had, every now and then he would come in, like, late. It would be, like, midnight. And I, I don't mind you coming in late sometimes because I know you need a life outside of me. I need a life outside of you. I'm one of those females. We need to have our own life. Right. But we need to have it respectively. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be out there at a club and know that I have, I'm in a relationship. Right, right. So that's the type of thing I'm talking about. As long as you're hanging with your boys, that's fine, but... It's a respectable time also to come in. Well, he wasn't doing this every day. It was every now and then and so. Right. The first time he did it, I didn't have anything to say. Then midnight went to like 2 in the morning. And he was like, oh, I uh, fell asleep at my mom's house. I was just tired. I was watching television and I fell asleep. I mean, could I prove it? Let, let, let me ask you something. Um, are you on a Bluetooth or a speakerphone? No, it's a cordless. Oh, it's a cordless? It's, it's a little tight. It's a, it's a little scratchy sound. It's okay. You know, um, maybe if you like move or shift a little bit. But no, you're good where you are because that's what happens with cordless phones. So it's not a problem. Um, I really want to hear what you have to say. Most important. 
you know. Go ahead, sweetheart. So um, that was something that I couldn't prove. And like I said, you know, with me, my theory is Mm -hmm. you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. Right. So, but the I, but I, the signs are there. You know, you're innocent, but you yeah, well, you smell guilty, but I can't prove it. There. Right. Right. Even when uh, before he before we moved in together, mm-hmm. there would be times like I explained in part when he would come by. Mm-hmm. I would see his face almost every day. Mm-hmm. But there were also those moments that. Hmm. Where he went. And I wasn't trying to like chase him down, but he'll come in, probably spend like an hour with me, mm-hmm. and then he's gone. And some of these was his off days. No, I'm not just implying that he should have spent every minute with me, no. But it was just, you know, how you get that little, something ain't adding up. And so. You're like, okay, whatever, you know, innocent to proven guilty. So, actually, our problems didn't really all come in until, you know, like, I would say, like, years later, years later after the kids. Hmm. After the kids, when you, uh, we had two kids together. I had already had a kid when I got in a relationship with him, and he had one. So we had two kids later on. And that's when the problem really started coming in because things that I expected of him, mm-hmm. it was like I was doing by myself. And he would come in and he would say, well, baby, I want you to be ready at 6 o'clock or whatever time because I want to take you out. Mm-hmm. And then he gets frustrated because I'm not ready. I'm tired because I'm having to uh, make sure the kids are, you know, have what they need to eat or leave. Right. And it's like he's not really understanding that. Even when it was days that we didn't go out, like in his mind, he ate steak, number one. When I get home, you know, or whatever, I want my meals cool. I want, uh, I just expect for my meals to be cool. You know, this is not what he's saying, but this is what I'm picking up from him. Right. Because some days people come in and I'm so tired. And he would say, uh, what's for dinner? And I was like, uh, or I would text him and say, you know, pick up or something to eat because I'm not cooking tonight. Right. And so I'm in trying to help uh, the bigger kid with his homework. And, you know, it's like he's finally getting to the point where you're not spending enough time with me. You're not focusing on me. He'll come in and say, well, why is this this way or why is that this that way? Why haven't you did this or why haven't you did that? Hmm. And he's not getting the point that I'm just one person. Exactly. I got to spread myself around the kids. I got to spread myself around work and, and the other nine million things that it seems like I'm doing. But even though he'll just brush it off, you know, he don't make no big, that big a deal of it. 
he'll just brush it off and he'll just go on to bed. Hmm. And this is why I looked at, okay, you could at least come in, give at least the kids a bath. If I'm a cook dinner, give them a bath, help them with their homework. Right. I understand you're out working. But what about me? I have a job too. Exactly. She had a load. And that's why, that's when he brings in about his mother and his sister. Well, they do this, that, A, B, C, D. Well, you're not them. And, and that's when I got, that was one of, that. I think that was the first time he really saw me fly off the helmet. But that's good, though. I can hear it in your, I can hear, I know you can. I know you're not to be played with. You're very polite. You're mannerable. But when that fuse burns out, it's hell to pay. You better start ducking and you better start running. You better know how to duck and run at the same time. And dodge, too, because something might hit you in your back. But go ahead. (laughs) I said a few, you know, a few rude words that he deserved. That's okay. And I went to bed. And so, you know, my thing was, if you don't have, like, proper communication in a relationship, and right. those are one of the things that I always knew. If it's a problem going on, we need to try to fix the right thing. I just want to ask real quick. Don't I never saw you face-to-face. Keep that point going. I don't want to interrupt you, but when you gave him the words, you had your hand on your hip, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. I got this visual, like, <laughs> you got your hand on your hip, and this free hand is open to smack the taste out of his mouth. Go ahead. I'm, I won't interrupt you no, no, no more. I'm not saying you're violent. I think I was in his face, though. I was up in his face because when he said to push the mama apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He gave him yeah. those rude words, and I was like, but I'm not neither one of them. Everyone's <laughs> in their own ground. And maybe your sister and your mama, maybe their spouses are helping them. Right. Good point. But anyway, he was one of these people who, like, tried to avoid confrontation. He, he just wanted to say a word. Hmm. He said what he had to say about the sister mama part. He looked at me, and then he was, like, off and he turned on the television and got in the bed. And, but I'm left to put the kids to bed. And so when I'm trying to talk to, that's why you can't take advice from females who are not going through what you are going through or who have maybe experienced something like what you have went through. Right. They make it seem so normal. Oh, girl, that's what men do. If he throw down those clothes, pick them up. Those are simple things. You got to be submissive. You got to be a proverb woman. So that's when I start looking up, okay, do they say be a fool in the Bible, or do they? What do they say? Right. So I went and looking into that proverb woman, because when I see the word submissive, I think it means it on both parts. They're not just saying for me to be submissive; it's also saying he needs to do his part as well. Yeah, that, that's inferred. I mean, that, that's common sense, or uncommon sense. Because even though you might go out and you might feel you're the head of household, I feel if both people are working, then we're both the head of household. That's right. It just takes empathy to realize, okay, if I'm tired, then I know she's tired. 
and I need to come in and I need to help with kids. But I guess some men are programmed with the back-in-the-day mentality where the wife did everything they assume and that's the way it's supposed to be. But a lot of the wives back then weren't out into the world working. And even if a woman, now I became a stay-at-home parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, um, I can't remember how did I become a stay-at-home but anyway, I think it was because I told him that mm-hmm. with three kids, I need a part-time job, not a full-time, so I could better take care of my needs, your needs, their needs. So that was cool. After my part-time job ended, uh, I kind of fell up under the weather, and mm-hmm. I came down with this illness. Mm-mm. And so I wasn't able to work right. for a while. I think that also took a toll on our relationship because one thing about narcissists, a lot of guys, you know, who aren't narcissists, they would understand and they would be like, okay, DC, I don't expect her to do XYZ. And I'm not going to put any pressure on her and make her feel any kind of way that she's not doing enough or she's not looking like she used to look. Right. Because I got this question. I'm going to ask you this question right here. Oh, sure. No, look, I love when folks ask me questions. <laughs> Go ahead. I <laughs> <laughs> think a woman is going to remain the same from the first day that you met her. No. Just see, the thing is, look, the packaging, it's like a new car. That new coin gonna remain. You can maintain it, but look. Number one, you have the mental, you have the physical, you have the spiritual, right? When you think that woman, person, whoever, you are not gonna be. You, you not are what you're going to be on a spiritual level ten years from now, two years from now, twenty years from now. On a mental level, you should be better ten years, twenty years, thirty years than you are. The inside, the character, the personality, it's more developed. For those who celebrate Thanksgiving, right? The leftovers always taste better than what was on the plate on Thanksgiving Day. For those who celebrate that twisted holiday, I won't say it like that. I don't know if you do or not. That's another show. But we have the physical, right? And so in this day and age, unless you're on some super duper strict, super vegan uh, workout plan or whatever have you, you know, most people out here who are not with that program, your body is going to give into gravity. And no matter what you do uh, on this, in this level, when we transition, we're going to transition past our body. So if I, let's just cut, cut the cheese. If I love you, I don't care what you turn into. I'm not going to encourage you to turn into anything and just say, let yourself go. But I'm going to encourage you to do things for your health, for you, but also for better or for worse. And we're not talking about that, that, that paper that we get, you know, uh, uh, saying that we're married. It's about the commitment. Forget the paper. It's about the commitment. Right? So the bottom line is you might get sick. You might not be able. You might be what they call disabled. You know, um, you might ha- I might have to clean you and wipe you. You know what? That's the commitment I made because it's not just about the body. 
It's about you. The beauty of commitment is that I got your back. You got my back no matter what. It's a no matter what thing. No matter what. Can we do that? Most men come, and a lot of women these days too. Everybody does it. We have these conditions. Oh, you're too fat now. You weren't what you were 25 years ago. Well, as a man, are you what you were 25 years ago? Gravity really worked on you. So much to the point where you need those little blue pills. But she still loves you. It's beyond that. It, oh, you caught that, right? It's beyond the sensationalism of what the world says relationships should be. Because if we go by what that TV tells us, if we go by what that media tells us, guess what? We're all sadly lacking. Because how are we going to live up to this artificial standard? Forget the world. And too many men and women, but we're talking about men now, are caught up in a superficial exterior. And we get on our smartphones and we go on Instagram and we see these photoshopped images and these manipulated images. And some images are not manipulated. It's like, oh my God, they didn't make them like that when I was younger. And they come home and they look at their wife or their mate or who they are committed to and who is committed to them. And, and there's a beauty that a woman, ha that, that she has that can never fade. When you have two people together who are committed to each other, and as you age and the visible signs of aging come in, that's a beautiful thing. A man and a woman who are together, say they got together when they were younger, doesn't matter, maybe they lived life a little bit and got together when they were in their 30s, 40s, whatever. As you get older, you still see that person that you met if you're truly in love with them and committed to them because it's not just about their physical dimensions. Again, I say yes. If you have a health problem or a thyroid problem and things get out of control, he's supposed to see that you are that person. If I love you, I love you to death do us part and beyond. And beyond. Because if you're the real thing, who can replace you? It's not about the dimensions of your hips, the, 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 the cup size of your breast, how small your waistline is, how you can twerk compared to that person. So that's, that's a red flag to me once they start saying, well, you're not what you're used to. This is not something where you have to jump through hoops. I know a lot of women who are under a lot of pressure right now because they're competing with every other thing that comes around their husband or their mate. And he'll hang that in front of her head or over her head. And if she's foolish, she'll go for the okie doke. Well, you know, over there, uh, uh, that woman over there, she, she, she working out. And I don't see you do it. Well, go over there with her and stay over there with her. To hell with anybody like that. It's about being loved for who you are on all levels. And even then, I'm going to shut up after this. What the world may say is an imperfection in you as a woman. Because you don't fit this Kim Kardashian uh, standard. And that's all fake. Beyonce standard. And that's all manufactured because so many people are eating from what she does. She's an industry. So she's got to be kept up that way. If, if they hold you to that standard, which is fake, you don't need to be with them. Because they should be loving you for you. And your so-called imperfections, it's the character that makes you unique. And the imperfections now, if he's truly in love with you, they're perfections. So you can't be imperfect when somebody loves you.
<laughs> it's, it's a deep thing. It's a deep thing. You know, when you're in love with somebody, or say you're not in love with them, and you're, you're on the elevator, and they pass gas, you say, oh, God, you stink. You lay into the bed, and your mate, you love them so much, and, and they pass gas, and you say, <laughs> you're so cute. And he stinker than the person on the daggone elevator. But you, you breathe freely because you love them. You love them so much when they pass gas, it's like perfume. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me shut up. Let me shut up. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he um, would find ways sometimes, and he would say it so, I guess, so indirectly until you would almost miss it. He would say things like, um, well, what is one of his lines? I can't really think that he used to always say. He, I know one time he would ask me, um, oh, I can't even remember. I guess because I tried to, I have tried to block him out my head for so long. You did a good job. But he would say things so indirectly until you would almost miss it. And then as you're walking off, he'll say, no, what, what did he just say to me? So... He would always insinuate about, uh, he'll come home talking about, uh, you know, uh, this girl, I'm going to call her Keisha. You know, Keisha, she could do really nice hair. Why don't you go down there and let Keisha do your hair for you? I was like, I already have a beautician. And besides, we can't really afford that right now. I think my hair looks fine just the way it is because then everybody was pretty much wearing hair. Mm-hmm. But he was like, oh. Uh, Okay, why can't Keisha do your hair? Right. I was like, I didn't say why she couldn't. I just said we need the money right now. Mm-hmm. He was like, but I'm paying for it. So right. why can't we that we need the money right now? Right. So he was the type, you could hear just by me saying that, he's willing to let a bill slip just for an appearance. Mm-hmm. And then he would call me ungrateful. <laughs> I tried to do all these things for you, but you're so ungrateful. And I was like, but we need that money. He was like, don't you know if I'm willing to let that money go, mm-hmm. I got to know how I'm going to get that money back? I don't know because some people sit up with no life. And you would never think so. They don't have any life. You're right. You see them, they go out, they all fresh from head to toe. But you follow them home, if they let you in the door, they don't have any life. So I'm one of those people. I got to have my electricity. I get cold. <laughs> I like heat. <laughs> in the summer, when it's hot, I got to have my air. Right. So I'm not allowing no all kind of physical appearance like nails and hair get in the way of my next Well, you know what? I, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, having the lights out can be very romantic when you have a choice of being able to put them back on. When you have no choice right. and the lights have to be out, <laughs> that ain't too romantic because you know what? Yeah. That's an indication of something else. You go back to the refrigerator, you know it's empty. You wake up in the middle of the night, you say, boy, you forget. Let me go to the refrigerator. Boom. First of all, the light don't come on. There's nothing cold in the refrigerator. Exactly. You better have trail mix up in that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 
you know, just that's just I felt that started, you know, like when he uh started to see me as listening person. So he would go back and forth about this girl named Tisha mm-hmm. doing my hair. So ladies, you know, if a guy just keep on emphasizing on a certain female, you better believe it's something going on. Mm-hmm. I would not let Keisha get over on my head. One day I surprised them. I went and got my hair done. And I, I texted him and told him to meet me somewhere. And you should have saw how his face lit up. Really? That's the image that he loved. Mm-hmm. He loved it when I was in the beauty parlor every week. But that get old. That get old to me, at least anyway, because you know I'm just one of those uh, chicks. I'm one of those chicks who feel that you know I'm beautiful without all of that additional stuff. Right. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to do it. That was when I was in my twenties, and I felt okay. I want to do this all the time. And a lot of people said we get complacent with just because we have a, a mate. We feel we should let ourselves go. No, that's not the case. I feel if I'm still looking decent and I'm keeping my hair uh, combed, whether it's beauty parlor style or, or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm looking decent. And the days that I don't feel like combing my hair, you comb it for me. Right. I mean, there was time, those, you know, it was times that. If I say massage to my back, yeah, he was there. He would do it. If I'm sick, you know I'm sick, he'll come in with flowers. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in his mind, he just felt that I didn't appreciate it. He would always say things like, um, touching on the hair, the nails, things like that. And I feel that, you know, this is the type of woman that he wanted to wake up to every day. The one that go to bed with the makeup on, get up with the hairstyle, the makeup. That's who he was looking for. Yeah, but I mean I mean I mean take you as you are. All of that on the pillow and all of that putting on and taking off, blocking up the pores of your skin. I'm a natural person. You know the natural you know that's the real you all of this i mean i see these women who are are aging getting older and they're fighting right. they just gooping up that thing looking like a birthday cake face i'm telling you and and and, and <laughs> i don't want to be with no makeup you know and, and they honor this to the point so much and you have these men who i'm not saying him but they go for that superficial. That hair, do, if you do it, do it for yourself. But don't don't let a man pressure you, yay or nay. And I agree with uh, in the chat room, real spoken poetry, and Coco Gold Brand. That that that's a lane that a man needs to stay out of. But he should take you as you are. But what I'm finding is, out is that so many men are going for that superficial Photoshop, airbrush plastic looks so much that they're into the look and not the woman and any entity who can emulate the look they'll go for this is why when they're driving home they don't care what is between a person's legs they see the six foot five thing with perfect makeup perfect hair padded hips and the lipstick on and they say "Mm," because they're into the image and when that thing comes to the car and says how are you are you you want to go out for a date they into the they into the image. 
So they don't care who right. performs an act on them. They don't want a woman, a womb man. Womb. Ain't no dude in a dress got no womb. You, there's something so spiritually beautiful about a real woman who accepts herself and loves herself and is connected to herself that way. And I'm going to sit there and mess that up and say, oh, you should be this? You're watching too much porno. You're going to bring that thing and well, you, you got to live up to this standard. So that ain't really into you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's the Alzheimer's happening to me. So, you know. Absolutely found out that, you know, even though he would always try to cover it up and say, I don't mean it that way. I like a woman like you. I like a woman who loves herself, but I just want you to love yourself a little bit more. How do you know how I feel inside about myself? Mm -hmm. Though I might not show it on the outside, but I am comfortable with myself. Yeah, sometimes we get too comfortable, you know, with kids. We got to take care of the kids, and we're thinking about the next to do on the list. And sometimes we are we are just most comfortable carrying the ponytail, maybe uh, some t-shirt or jogger pants or something like that around the house. Yeah, we want to be comfortable. So anyway, uh, uh, a lot of our, like I wouldn't say we were confrontational about it because he would just say those little things and I would have to correct him at that point. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to touch on something that is, very, you know, offensive to me that he used to do. Oh, God. And I look back over it, like, if we would go somewhere, mm -hmm. it would just be like females, like, if it's like a gathering or something, let's say from on his job. Oh, no, don't tell me. Okay, so they would just be kind of cold. He would introduce me, and they would be like, you know, some might give a dry Hey, but certain females, you know, it's just, you get that look. And so this one particular uh, dinner that I went with him to, I was like, that's it. I'm not going with him to any more uh, gatherings, you know. I'm not going. Right. Because you best believe those were some females in his hair. I touched on that in part one. That he had a harem. Mm -hmm. It was always talk, to talk about Keisha. It was always to talk about uh, another co-worker. I'm going to call her Pat. Him and Pat would always be on the phone, and they would try to pretend, you know, they was just talking about, like, business ideas. It was always Keisha, Pat. If you go to his uh, parents' house, it's a ex-girlfriend. I stopped going to his parents' house. Yeah, because that, that, so that, that's, that's, that's the headquarters right there. And some of the parents right. work along with it, too. Well, you go on and lay down in that guest room. and Yeah, I've seen that. And so he was like, you know, you just got everything all neat stuff and confusing. I, I'm not dealing with any of those women. You insecure. You know, they say things to that nature trying to attack you make you vulnerable when you're just speaking the truth. Right. It's nothing vulnerable about you. You're just speaking the truth. And they try to project onto you. you insecure. Yeah, you're the problem. And so, so take away me going with him from places, you know, different places like that, and he just got to the point where he felt that, you know, I wasn't supportive enough. And 
to make a long story short, you know, I just got to the point where I felt he wasn't supportive enough uh, at home dealing with the kids. If he come in, it could be a Saturday. Um, he might say, well, I'm going out. I'm going out to a movie or something, you know. Okay, what about me? <laughs> Even though sometimes we didn't have, uh, like, a babysitter because I don't trust my kids with everybody. Right, you're not supposed to. He would, you know, like, and, and some of those still leaders that be saying, girl, um, you could have did this and you could have did that. Well, I would have watched your kids for you, no. <laughs> right. Right. You might trust them, but they might have a boyfriend come over and he's, you know, twisted. Exactly. Doesn't mean anything. People, I, I tell you, they try to make you into being like you're just overprotective or you foolish or something. But, you know, at the end of the day, I look at it as long as I put my kids first and saw where the need was needed. That's what I kept my back on because. If you're always putting a man before everything else, mm-hmm. okay, what happens when that man toss you aside? And then your your let's say your daughter come up when she's eighteen and say, Well, mama, you remember when you was always out with daddy? Yeah, auntie or uh, whoever, her boyfriend was touching me all the time. That's right. So I can pat myself on the back and say. I don't have to worry about nothing like that. And those kids will remind you, even when you think that uh, they they don't notice. Years later, remember when so and so? It's like, wait a second, you were you you had this sense of awareness that remembered that, you know. And they watch everything. They have nothing but time and the energy to study you. They have all day to study you and know you. They they they, they can look at your expression and know exactly what you're going through and they pick up a lot of things too. So you got to be very careful. So he had gotten to the point where he, you know, he was still like, I'm going to try to treat you nice. I don't want like, you know, that man still hadn't completely fell off. Mm-hmm. He was still, you know, being respectful. But, Basically, what you are to a narcissist, you are a possession. They see a purpose from the first day that they meet you. Mm-hmm. It's a purpose that you can serve to them. And I felt he never tried to, you know, uh, make a move on me because maybe he felt that I was one of those women who weren't gullible. Mm-hmm. That's why he never made a pass at me. Mm-hmm. That's why he never said hello. You know, they're not going to. I guess, deal with the ones who they think is going to reject them. So, like on those vampire movies back in the 80s, the only way a vampire could get access to you, you had to invite them in, right? Have you ever seen one of those vampire movies? Mm-hmm. You had to invite them in. See, Other than that, if you didn't welcome him in, he couldn't do nothing to you. That's right. That's right. You had to give him permission. And, and I often say that, most of the time when we go through our symbolic hell, those rough times, even when that person was like a Trojan horse who slipped past our, you know, greater defenses, there was a point where we let, just symbolically, we let the devil right on in with a smile. See? 
there was that point where we had a choice and they had to ask us or insinuate something and we let him in. There was that point, you know? And once he's in, it's hard to get him out. Oh, yeah. Get them claws stuck in you deep. So, yeah, like, for that person who's touching on that narcissist targets certain type of women, <laughs> so now you know that's not true. Yes, along the way, he discovered some vulnerabilities about when I became ill, he figured, okay, she has no finances. I could do whatever I want. Why she's going? Hmm. She ain't going to leave here. She got a roof over her head. She's not going to make herself uncomfortable and leave. You'd be surprised how many people were in relationships like that and who view, they're, they're stuck and it's like, well, I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't got no money, I guess. And they'll take abuse or the person who has the upper hand knows this and they will do just like you said. Um, they will treat them bad and, and lower it over them in a way. And that's sick because you know what? It's just as much, whatever the situation, you both are giving your all supposedly. You both are committed supposedly. That shouldn't even come to mind. That shouldn't even come into play. Go ahead, sister. You're so polite. You can just jump on and keep it flowing. <laughs> oh, I was trying to hear you out. But, oh. yeah, a lot of people, you know, they just feel that, oh, a narcissist, when they in love with you, yeah, you'll think they're really in love with you. You'll think they love you and mm -hmm. like no other. But it's just a purpose that they're trying to fulfill. It's just like a car, you know, the equipment, a phone, as long as it has that new new about it. And they admire it, and they got people admiring it. Uh, admiring it. That's the significance to hold with an art. If he had someone telling him, "Oh, you got a fine lady right there," or "I like your car," or "I like your house," that's the kind of things he want to hear. <laughs> that's the kind of words to hold with him when other people admire you. You know, that's the way they look at it. Mm. So. If you start calling them out on a BS and you can't function as you once did or you disagree with them, you're going to be dealt with. You know, they can tell you they love you and destroy you at the same time. And I watched this man do that. He he was telling me he loved me. From one end, he was doing still things, you know, to make people feel, okay, he's a good man. I'm watching him take care of his family. So they're going to always keep up that facade right. outside. That's right. But they may come in, and you may notice that it's certain ways that they may be acting towards you. I noticed the difference. A lot of times, you know, if he would come in and, you know, he, he would be kind of silent. And so a lot of people can be silent, you know, because... Sometimes uh, he and I, we would be silent, but, you know, we hadn't argued or anything because he wasn't the type that would argue with you. Mm -hmm. So um, things had changed, and I'm pretty sure anybody who knows anything about narcissists, they know that that stage, uh, when they start changing, I think that's probably the value stage. 
you know, just that they don't treat you the same or some of them, they get real mean and dirty with it. Uh-huh. But, you know, he was keeping it kind of neutral. You know, if I ask him, you know, what's wrong or anything like that, he'll say, well, I'm tired, you know. He'll brush it off like that, I'm just tired. Or if, like if we having a problem and I'm trying to talk to you and I have tried to talk to you for like a couple of days now, and the first day you said, well, I'm tired, mm-hmm. okay? I'll let you get to sleep and maybe I'll try it another day. But then it got to the point where uh, I came in, I remember one day and I asked him, I was like, okay, are you ready to talk now? And so I noticed he had like this, like there. And then I didn't know what they were talking about, you know, when they would say, you know, like when he was doing it, then he'll have this there. Right. Like, he'll just zone out. And I'm talking, and it's just like he done zoned me out. Because when I ask, are you listening to me? Then it's like his eyes change. Like, his eyes are wide and like somebody just all of a sudden come in the room and say something. Right. So basically he was ignoring me while I was talking. Because have you ever seen someone, they, they, they're listening to you, but really, they've been zoned out. They zoned out. They're not listening. Yeah, and they go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Then you ask them a question, and they go, uh-huh, uh-huh. He would get just dead there. And like if I say, are you listening? He'll, his eyes are wider. And then he'll, you know, throw it back to, I'm tired. Can we do this another day? Mm-hmm. So I could tell anyone when they get to that point, your value, your days are normal with them. Mm-hmm. I have seen people, yes, stay in marriages forever. But it's because that person is, you know, the woman, maybe she's trying to make it work. Or the man who is the victim, maybe he's trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. And the narcissist can't make a move right then because they got too much to lose. But as for him, he was the type, he want to force your hand to make you leave so his hands wouldn't get dirty. Because I guess, even though they say narcissists don't have a conscience, it was just something about him. Okay, I guess he wanted to look a certain way to the public. I guess he wanted to say, I didn't leave her. She left me. Right. Because they would be looking at, okay, how could he leave her for her? And this lady was his uh, significant other was sick. He left her with three kids. Hmm. He didn't want that on him. He didn't want to, I guess, look that way to the public. So being that he knew the type of person I was, he knew that he was going to eventually force my hand to do it. Hmm. And so the crazy part about it is that's why I refer to him as a psycho also <laughs> because when um I just finally said, okay, that's it. I'm moving out. I didn't say we were breaking up. I said, we mo- I'm moving out. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you get yourself together. You decide, you know, whether you want, whether you want this or whether you don't. <laughs> so that's when 
the million phone calls started coming. It was just crazy. If you looked into my phone, you would see why he would call. If I didn't answer, he would just call, call, call. Control, call. control. Hey. It was control. He wanted you back in that place that he thought he had you. And when you got away, it was more of a blow to his ego and everything else. It wasn't about love and I miss you and I want you. I made a mistake, take me back type thing. It was like, who the heck, you know, you, you hit the emotional underground railroad and you got out of there. And like a like an angry slave master, he wanted a slave back. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and I realized. And hell to pay if you come back. Later. Yeah, he'll chop your emotional foot off like Kunta Kinte. He'll right. woo, woo you in, treat you sweet, and do a Ike turn on you. All right. That's right. That's why I said they can say they love you and destroy you at the same time because uh, when I left, he was still, you know, like we was, uh, I, we finally got back to that point while we were communicating. And then that's when he started doing like the little disappearing act. He got to the point you couldn't reach him sometime on his phone. And so uh, I was like, I knew, you know, basically, you know, what was happening, that he was pretty much with somebody else. I don't care if you sit there and say, well, I was gone fishing or I was gone out of town or I was gone wherever, you know, men claim they go. Mm -hmm. The woman can't reach him on the phone. I was asleep. I was in a coma. <laughs> but anyway, um, he just got downright dirty after that. That's when that mask fell off. And I guess he says, boom, now. Now see what you did. <laughs> now this mask off and it ain't going back on. <laughs> so <laughs> he just became so downright dirty. And then... All kind of things start coming out the woodwork, finding out about different females, but it was this one particular female. He really, uh, I guess he had spoke her out and knew what type of person she was, and mm -hmm. she was like the perfect uh, fit for the job that he needed her to do. Mm -hmm. But before we go into her, I'm going to bounce back to how narcissists like to plant two girlfriends. In front of the old girlfriend. Conquest. He can be a girl from back in high school. He still want her to see. Look what I got. This is my new girlfriend right here. Mm-hmm. And so some of those women that I said was in that harem, those were some old exes. If they wasn't exes, they were women that he had slept with. And he wanted to parade me around and show them, this is my girlfriend. What what a mess. That's how they do it. What a mess. And in his mind, you see, this is the thing also, also what I see. It's, it's, it's what you tolerate as a woman. Um, many women are not going to tolerate that. I'm not saying this to put you down because he tried to run game on you and, you, you know, you, you, you found out. Because a lot of times you don't even know for the longest time. He's going to put you in this position. But there are many women who consciously and subconsciously, in my opinion, go along with it because it's a thrill. It's a jockey for position. It's a way of dealing with your low self-esteem. We, we have these narcissists out here, and I've known situations again where I've seen one man have 
five women on a job. And those women are sitting there with a schedule. I mean, not the paper in front of them, but they're just, I'm sitting on the side like, what the heck is going on? Well, you know, he got his wife, but I'm the main one. So I get Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I get two days because I'm the main one. And I take care of him like no other. Now, I know he has a taste for you, so-and-so. And the girl, mm-hmm. So, you know, if I can't, you know, it's Sunday night. So I'm like to myself, when does the wife have time? So these women were mad because that there was a possible sixth woman in the circle. Now, let me just say, it wasn't a, a, a kinky situation where they were all in the bed together. They were all separate, and some of them had men. But I don't know what this guy had. You know, um, I'm not trying to be very suggestive when I hold this monopod out, but I don't know what this man had. You know what I mean? It was driving him crazy like that. You know, um, but they set themselves, <laughs> they, yeah, the stream also, I, I just want to say um, the sound is going high and low. The stream is going in and out. There's a severe thunderstorm over here. There's a bad thunderstorm over here, and um, I didn't even know it. Um, I just found out through a text, and it's, I can, I can kind of hear it because it's in here soundproofed. And I'm here, it's like a shh. I mean, I can hear the rain coming down hard. There was a little lightning early, but I just thought it was um I just thought it was a fluke. So um, you know, we, we, okay, we got some back. I gotta mute some 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 lines here. Yeah. Um. So that's the reason why that's going on like that, and hopefully the, the um the upload will be because I'm not recording it independently like I usually do, but hopefully it won't. Um, let me know if it's really really bad where you can't hear it, and we'll just continue this another day. Um. But this is necessary, and, and, and this is good that we talk about this. The show that we did earlier with Brother Keston and Brother Keith, the sound was good. It wasn't storming like that, but it's really, really bad from what I'm seeing. Things are starting to blink and everything, too. Um, the lightning hit down so hard earlier that the ground shook. I mean, like, like, like wow. King Kong was skipping rope next door or something. You know what I mean? It was like, boom! I was like, whoa! You know? Um, yeah, but let's continue on. And in continuing on... I do have to say I have that old man bladder thing going on. So give me 60 seconds and just continue to talk as if I'm here because everybody's listening to you and I will be right back. Okay. So continue talking. All right. So in other words, don't waste your time trying to explain how a narcissist is hurting you. They don't care in their minds. You brought it on yourself. It's justified. You aren't supposed to stand up to them. You are only to be submissive. The narc is superior. That's the way they feel. You are never to forget your place. So when the narcissists have us up on this pedestal, they're thinking of us as perfect. As soon as we start to, I guess, rebel against them, say that word no, or maybe stop functioning the way that we used to function, this also leads to us being devalued. If you try to expose them, they're going to get revenge on you, and it's not just a threat, it's a promise. And the lies, the lies, the lies that they tell, that's called gaslighting. You're the victim, but don't be surprised if one day you go out and you get the side glances, the stares, smirks, people looking at you like they dislike you. Sometimes, you know, the victim becomes the villain. That's the way he has made it out to be. He portrays to people that you are this bad person, and they absolutely believe him. 
Exactly. And a lot of times, you know, like when I go back to how nice he treated me, from day one he probably knew, because this is a lifestyle, I believe, that he have led for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an underlying motive. They are invest every last penny, every last red cent that they got into their new girlfriend because they believe that I might get a good benefit out of this. But believe it, they're not going to start doing too much investing, you know, before they figure out whether you're a good fit or not. Mm-hmm. But him, from day one, he was investing. He was investing time. He was on that telephone. He was doing the dinners, taking me wherever I requested. And so he just figured, if I invest into her, because right now she feel like a real good fit, and maybe it was something that he saw in me at that time because he would ask me different questions, questions that you're not even thinking about, you know. He may ask you something uh, I'm going to throw out, like Mm -hmm. if they know you're close to someone, they might try to isolate you from that person. Yes, yes. I remember this, um, this girlfriend of mine that I used to talk to, and he knew that, you know, he didn't really kind of know were we close or whatever. He know we talked on the phone. He know he would see her from time to time. But he wanted to know about our relationship. They want to know, do I have something to worry about? You know, who am I competing up against? Mm-hmm. At that time, we're not thinking about that. We're just answering their question. He wanted to know about my exes in the past. That's right. Why did you and the guy all uh, before me, why did y'all separate? Yes. And, you know, you're just answering questions, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's no big deal, but mm-hmm. to anybody that's listening, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just say my ex is my ex for a reason and just let it stay that way. Yes. I don't want to talk about them no more. My ex is an ex for a reason. Mm. Because they feel Hello? Little things like that. Mm-hmm. Hello. That's Brother Kojo. Welcome, my brother. Hey, how, you, how y'all doing? Oh, we're fine. We're fine, brother. Join on in. Yeah, I just, I just, I just wanted to jump in uh, and, and just, you know, speak with the sister a bit. But from what it sounds like, whoever that individual was is a very, very dangerous individual because, like, it seems like they were playing chess, not checkers, for real. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because, like, one thing that I noticed is that in this society that we live in, I don't know about his past, you know, his life growing up or, you know, the the household that he grew up in or whatever, but the thing about a lot of black men is that we don't have a position in this society, in this system. So when you see a lot of the things that our black women go through, it's like, the only power that a a black man can have is to be controlling towards the black woman. So the first thing that I noticed was when you had said that you weren't working or something like that, you had brought it up and you said that, you know, he said that I'm, I'm, I'm the head of the household. That's a big red flag because, you know, in church and religion and, you know, just in general, we always think that the man is the head of the household. He might be the, the strongest physically, but people don't understand that it, it's the masculine and feminine coming together. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's complete. 
But a lot of us have been programmed to say that, oh, if I get this woman, I'm gonna tell her what to do. This is how I'm. A, this is what I'm. A, I want from her. And it's like you throw out the woman's, you know, feelings out the window. So I just wanted to uh, put that in, but also. I wanted to ask you if you ever heard about the 42 laws of my heart. No, I haven't. So the reason why I brought that up is that a lot of times if we, if we, like, if we knew about certain things that our ancestors laid out, like the 42 laws of my heart, the 11 laws of God, what it seems to me is that you, you already have discernment from the certain um, actions and situations that started in the very beginning, you kind of already foresaw that this person was, he had a, he, had, he was, uh, what I would say, um, double-edged, he had a double-edged sword. On one end, he was a certain way, and on the other end, he was a, another way. And a, a lot of times, these certain individuals, they'll look at who's in your life so that they can be seen a certain way. You know, they're very, very um, particular about their image. They don't want anybody to see the bad side of them. And every single time they do something to you, they want to make sure that you don't go in and, and, and say nothing to nobody else. But I brought up the 42 laws of art is because if you, you know, if you look at that, you can go on Google and just type it in. It's a, it's a basis of understanding how we should kind of live our life. Not to say that we don't have a choice, but more, more uh, righteously. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things that can prevent certain people from coming into our life. And when we start to look at that, you know what I'm saying, it'll, it'll help us really look and say that, you know what, even though I do want a partner, even though I do want a relationship, this ain't worth it. This ain't worth my time. But I just right. wanted to put that in there and, and ask you, like, you know, what you think about that? Excellent point. Go ahead, sister. When he said that uh, I could see that he had, like, a, a double standard in the beginning, that's right. But, you know, when people are doing something so good and I guess you are on cloud nine, and then you have those cheerleaders that saying, okay, uh, let's say, for instance, about the age. We got those cheerleaders that saying, okay, she could just be somebody who's just trying to break you all up because she want him in her life. And then I don't know what was said to her, but all of the calls stopped. I didn't find out to years later after you know, we were no longer together, and one day I saw her, and then, you know, she comes and she was telling me, yeah, I was still dealing with him at that time. I was. If she had, a, you know, said that in the beginning, yeah, I would have dropped him like yesterday's newspaper. But when she stopped calling, or as I know she stopped calling, I just assumed, okay, I don't know what it is he said to her, you know. But, you know, she kind of just disappeared. And so when I was questioning her because I couldn't understand at that moment, you know, because I'm, like, thinking, how did all of this get into my life? 
you know, we're so smart. We're supposed to know this type of stuff. Uh, you know a player when you see a player. How did this man weave himself into my life? Because, yes, he was double standard. And he was playing it so well. And, and, and oh, boy, the things that came out of the woodworks in the end, you, you know, you just would have thought he was just a straight devil. Straight devil. Did did the level of pain, was there a level of pain or you were you subconsciously prepared for it because of the red flags that popped up? And if you were still prepared, was 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 there pain involved because of the of the normalcy of, of having someone and, and you, now everything changes, even though you know they're not any good for you? When everything came out, what was what? What did you feel as far as pain? Was it pain? Was it was it regret? Was it? Oh, the betrayal! The level of betrayal was just so high. Mm, that's what, yeah. The level of betrayal because this was someone who I thought I could, you know, even though we have in the back of our mind about be aware of the people that you call yourself trust, but the level of betrayal I felt was so high, was so high because not only when the female put him on blast, he lied about it, but he also, um, at that time, because he knew I couldn't make a move, Mm -hmm. he also probably wasn't even worried about me leaving, but he, um, I guess he said, okay, now she knows who I am. But he also knew I couldn't move my feet either. So I felt that I was pretty much, you know, just, they was going to, you know, the two of them took that advantage to press my button. Hmm. Just like now he's married to her, they have two kids. Oh, really? And everything, right, right. So you can understand why my level of anger comes from. Wait a second, okay. He's married to her. They have two right. kids. Do you, right. do, do you think that he's still going on with the same rhythm? I mean, it's hard to break this particular rhythm. Um, have you heard anything about him? And do you does he try to reach out to you? Um, what's the deal with that? What do you feel? What do you know? And what do you feel about his present situation? Well, like I say. Okay, I have tried to, um, and I know I have no feelings for him. I try not to have hate for him. That's one thing I try to stay away from, but you can understand my level of anger as well. Sometimes uh, that level of anger creeps back in. Righteous anger. And it's just sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I guess the devil is just coming in to play with me, that that fuck with me today. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me for that word, but then I'd be feeling. Then you would have the hand on the hip and a and a frying pan in the other hand. And so, um, like I told you that day when he said, "Like game over," like he has told me, you know, like in so many words, because I'm trying to play this role to mm-hmm. take care of my household. I'm just still trying to keep up this facade, mm-hmm. and he was like. In so many words, game over. Right. I know who you are. I done played you like a mission that I done already played. Right. 
Let me let me just say again to, to, to the viewers that it's a really bad storm outside. Lightning and thunder. You can't hear it. And that's affecting the stream and that's affecting the internet. And I also want to say, you know, if everything blanks out, that means lightning hit and knocked everything out. You know, close by, you know, little power outages with the cable and stuff. So um, I know that's what's affecting the stream. So, you know, bear with us because we know earlier we did a show with Brother Keston and Brother Keith and everything was perfect. So everything is still set the same way. I haven't changed anything, but I'm noticing that the stream is going in and out by my little indicator on the computer. So it's kind of getting faded in and out. So that's going to affect how you hear us. So, um, you know, I apologize about that, but that's like an act of God, right? So we got to roll with that, right? Okay, go ahead, sister. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, it was like sometimes my anger result back to that because when I think about everything this girl said to me, and I mean, she sort of came and she sort of handled things in a proper manner. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you don't have to be that female who, when you know what a man is doing, because I have been there myself. And guys like that, I just never all contact them anymore because I have had two since this guy who have tried to, you know, date me. Mm -hmm. And so the key word one of the guys said was, I was like, are you seeing someone? And and mm -hmm. that's why I hate to ask that question because I know a lot of them are gonna lie. Right. And when they say, "Well, I have a friend," you never ever means. contact them before because they are some narcissistic mess themselves. Mm -hmm. So this one guy said, "I have a friend, but I would like to get to know you." It's nothing like me and her in a uh, committed relationship, and who knows, you might beat her out. Oh, what? I don't want no mess like that. No, but what I'm saying, there's a competition here. Like, you know, you might beat her out. So right. what if it's dead even? What if you beat her out, but she's hanging around and kind of gets back in contention by the free amenities that she gives, uh, you know, from her orifices? You know what I mean? So who, uh, what, what kind right. of mess? So he's the prize. You know, I, this, is, this is what cracks me up. He's the prize. So I am the prize. You know, it's crazy. Um, there's a guy, I don't know him personally. I don't want to put his name out there. I don't think you'll ever hear this, but there was a guy who fit the description. He was the friend, he was the man of a friend of a friend. And he was like that. His his movements and everything. It was um uh his name is so unique I won't even put it out there. But his name was I, I think it was changed. And it was such a and I and I'll put it out there one on one. If you send me a text, I'll I'll, I'll say the name is. But it's like the ultimate narcissistic name for a man who's controlling like that. And basically his name said what he does. You know? It says what he does. It's crazy. I said, what kind of name is that? It was only five letters. You know? And um, you knew. I mean, you, you repeating his name gave him power. You know? <laughs> it's crazy. But these harems, these, these harems, how they fall into place and I don't know, it's a very complex thing, but to me, it's a waste of damn time. You got put so much time on this earth before we transition. And you're going to play this juggling act. I know, yeah, when I was younger, little things, but I was never a predator. After a while, you know, you, you could have bought another house with that time. For those who want to go to college, get a different degree or start a business or focus on knowing yourself and preparing yourself for this journey into the infinite. 
You can prepare yourself. You can be better with yourself and enjoy yourself and love yourself even more. But, you know, we allow ourselves to be shuffled around. Um, there's a situation with a very close friend of mine right now. And, and, and he's being dogged out by his significant other really bad. And um, it's a game for some people. And those of us who go into this with a genuine heart, you know, we really need to ask more questions. We need to really need to dig deep. You understand? I, I think it was Real Spoken Poetry 50 who said about asking the questions. I'm, I'm not able to scroll up on that computer. But you got to ask questions. And, and, and if it, your loving is worth it, what you give, not even just sex and loving. I mean, you're loving your spirit, your, your comfort, your time, your energy, your mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional resources. You're brilliant, brilliantly made. You can't give that away so easy for these clowns that don't understand the value of what you have inside. I'm not saying this to you because it can happen to anybody. But I bet one thing, it happened to you and it's not going to happen again because you understand what it's all about. And these people, they can, they can only feign having a conscience. They can only feign empathy. They can only feign emotion and caring and love. Yeah, it's a conquer and defeat game, real spoken. Exactly. They, they, they're not vested in you. They haven't invested in you, really. They'll go through the gestures to make you think so. That's why they can bounce so fast. You know what I mean? Let me tell you something. When I went to Jamaica in February, it's not a control thing, but I, but, but I missed my wife. Boy, I must have broke WhatsApp. Or what, WhatsApp what, calling her. Your brother Kesson, his wife, was here. I was going, I miss you. I miss you. She said, enjoy yourself. I miss you too, but enjoy yourself. Because she decided to stay, you know, to hold things down and do some other projects and stuff. But, you know, you yearn. How are you going to play with somebody? But then again, you know, he's a dead man. You get to a certain age, you want to have a place you can call home. I don't mean the physical structure of the house. I don't mean um, the address. But what you build is your reality with your woman. That is near and dear with us in balance. It's not to rule over. It's not to be domineering over. It's to work together in unison, like Brother Kojo said, with the male and female energy working together. It's a beautiful thing. Right. The, the more woman she and, is, and I, the more female she is, is the more man you can be. So my woman makes me more manly. And, and bring home what you get for the cause. Bring it home. Build your nest. Nest up together. Build it up. And when you're in the outside world dealing with adversity, you feel so strong because you know you have that base. When we go in war in the world with these demons and these wicked people, you know you have a safe haven saved up. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want that? What kind of dry existence is he living? Sucking from people. He's like a black hole in space that things go in it and nothing comes out of it. Because nothing comes out of a man like that. Sorry, sister, continue on. But yeah, the uh, the main thing is, yeah, that level of betrayal at at the time, it was just so high. It was so high to, I'm not going to lie, a lot of nights I struggled to sleep. Because that's just it was the anger. A lot of women, they, they would have been crying in the morning, you know him. I, I was just trying to keep myself from, you know, <laughs> catching a charge, I guess. <laughs> but 
because it was just a lot of anger there. And then, you know, people just don't know how when he got with this particular female, I mean, she's just one of those females. Have you ever seen a loud, disrespectful female? That's her. She just, you know, mm-hmm. do anything he tells her. Yes, sometimes I feel planned it out and say, well, harass her. Make her feel like this. Mm-hmm. I just felt that, you know, they were in on it together. Right. You you know you know what's so funny about that is that I was gonna say this before you just said this, but what it seems like is that he found his reflection. So oftentimes what 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 would be your curse is her blessing. And when I say that I don't mean it in a way that good for them though you know, their relationship. But obviously, they're on the same frequency. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, you, you didn't, your frequency didn't match with him. You know, when Brother Lance was talking about um, the masculine and the feminine, and I, I want you to please look up the uh, 42 laws of my eye. Um, but the thing about it is that a lot of people, we, we've been programmed since birth. So our subconscious makes us act in a certain way that even though we know it's wrong, we still do it. So you have a lot of men and women playing these games, you know what I'm saying? They might have a guy, a main guy, then they might have a side, you know, a side person or vice versa or whatever, and they think that it's cool because that's what society has projected, you know what I'm saying? But the thing about it is when you know that you you're, you want somebody that is on the same frequency. When I say frequency, I mean that this individual has a certain, the same certain goals that you have. You know, y'all in it together to say, hey, we want to build this. This is what we want for our children. This is where, what we're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? But oftentimes the relationships that a lot of people find themselves in, one person is working here, the other person is working here. You know, a red flag is when a man feels like the woman should be working, you know, the same nine to five that he's doing. But that's the society that we live in. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a it's like a competition. <laughs> you know. So I just wanted to put that out there that, you know what I'm saying? You 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 the reason why you weren't compatible with him is because he was just a, he wasn't on your frequency and you wasn't gonna have it. And the the good thing about it is that a lot of people will like you had said earlier they in a toxic relationship, A, because they feel like, hey, if I leave this person, I didn't invest so much time, so I don't know what I'm going to do if, I, if, I, if I'm not with, with, with him. And then two, it's like, oh, well, I don't want other people to see, you know, um, that this is going on and then they might judge me. People are going to judge regardless. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's best for you is always first. And unfortunately, because people people don't really understand that we've been programmed. See, I always tell, and I, I spoke with Brother Lance about this, we have to be willing to let go of all of the bullshit that we've learned in our lifetime. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We, we're holding on to so many attachments. And the attachments, we don't, we don't feel like we're slaves to them, but we feel like, oh, you know, we have that um, macho mentality, that, that pride mentality. But if a person isn't willing to, to, to let go of all of these things, to 
to really treat you like the person that you are, put you on the pedestal that you are, and not to say that you won't do the same because it's reciprocal, let that, excuse my language, but let that motherfucker go. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> because it's, 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 it's bigger you know, it's bigger than the individual, but one thing that I've learned is that nothing is, is perfect. You know what I'm saying? We, we're in an environment, unfortunately, that produces toxic people. And even when somebody says, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z, they turn around and do the opposite, even when they know that they're doing wrong. You know what I'm saying? But when you put that into the universe that you don't, you're not going to tolerate this and that this is what you want, People are going to see that in you, and they're going to be like, yo, I, I want this sister because she don't play no games. What you mean? You you ask me, you know what I'm saying, that you want to talk to me, and I ask you, are you talking to somebody? And you say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have somebody that I'm talking to, but so why don't you go talk to that person first, and when you're done, you can come talk to me. A lot of people won't say that, you know? You're right. I just wanted to put that in there. Full of wisdom, my brother. And bouncing off of that, like I said, uh, this sister, she was so wanted to be in competition with me. You know, you could have just saw the level of hate, the level of hate, the way she looked at me. You could just see the level of hate, like I had absolutely did something to her. So uh, from my understanding, they had been dating for like two years while we was in a relationship. And she was ready for him, I guess, to be out that relationship. Mm-hmm. So, to me, you know, she feels she has won because she has, I guess she has him. She have her house. I mean, she bragged about all of this stuff. She was like, well, through you because I'm going to get me a house. Da, 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 da. He said he was going to be with me and we was going to, you know, just saying child yes. stuff like that. And it absolutely, yeah. He did all those things for her. Am I bitter about that? Of course not. And I get asked that a lot. Some people ask me who have dealt with narcissistic people, you know, well, what is the part that makes you angry? I was like, the part that makes me angry is how he continued, even after we were separated, how he even tried to use our children to uh, make connections with me. The endless tape the endless calls, if he couldn't get me to answer, knocking on my door at night, you know, stuff like that. Uh, What I was really angry about was all the underhanded things that he did, how he tried to, um, you know, just cause conflict with me and people that I didn't even know. There are people that, you know, are, I guess, a little flawed, you know, they hate me to today, and they don't even know me, but they hate me to today because of stuff that he called. It, it, it ain't... A low it vibration. I, mean, I don't even know what it was that he told them, but some people, you know, they they feel, you know, hey, you lost. He won. I don't care. But, that, but that's but, such, such know, a corner way of thinking. No, 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 no. Yeah. He, he did not win. He did not win because he wasn't a giver or receiver of love and emotion and a commitment. He showed that he was not worthy of you. You won because he's not in your life anymore. 
and you had the experience now, and you're yeah. better than ever before, he lost and you won because now you're vibrating on a higher frequency and, and you have a higher awareness. And so now that, that, that screen that, that we have to keep the mosquitoes out that had big holes in it, they're all closed up and real tight. So something like him won't fly into the inner workings and in, in the inner uh, sanctum of your life. So you won because you're standing and it made you stronger. You see what I mean? So these low-minded people who would echo something like that and say, oh, he won and you lost. There is no winning and losing on that carnal low level. You just go on until a matter of time when you really get smashed with, with a deadly STD. You get killed because you're mixed up with some emotionally unstable people. But you do, the main thing here is to vibrate higher. The main thing here is, is to ascend higher. Forget about the material stuff. That's nice. Forget about the harem. That's not nice. What I'm just saying for people who think that way, that, that's, that's, how, that's, that's what they value is currency in their life. Well, I got more women that mean I'm better than you. Well, you in your own little country, your own little island. You don't even, you know what I mean? You're insignificant when you think that way. When we come together on these shows or you meet people out in the street that you don't know all the way, all the way, you don't have to. It's a joy when you're around them and you feel their vibration. You're free to do that, and you know what road not to turn down because you have firsthand experience. Because if you, what if you ran into one that was even deadlier than him? One that would have killed you if you didn't open that door. One that would have poisoned you for your assets. All kinds of things can happen. And you know what? We read about it in the paper every day. I guarantee you something along these lines happened today. Any news, local, national, and it's going to happen tomorrow, unfortunately. So be glad that you have the experience, but you don't have any of the scars. Go ahead, sister. Yeah, I, I just wanted to. Add, I just wanted to add in on that. Is like, mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, people, people are really sick. Like, the people that do this, these type of things, man, it's a whole bunch of sick ass people. <laughs> and the best thing, you know, you did, sister is walk away and keep moving. That that wasn't meant for you. It was only meant to teach you a lesson. But you are a goddess, you know what I'm saying? So when you walk in divinity, you command what you want. If you see some bullshit and you see somebody that's on, like, two, you know, two-faced two or whatever, and he's bringing some bullshit, cut that motherfucker off. Don't even give him no daylight. You know what I'm saying? One of the biggest problems that, you know what I'm saying, not us in general, but a lot of people is that a lot of people sit there and they'll allow a person to, to, to um, do something to them and then accept it. When somebody d does something to you and they're not trying to communicate, they're not trying to um, speak to you, they're not trying to, um, you know, uh, just sit down and discuss what's going on in their life, that person ain't meant for you. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, with me, I, you know, I'm I'm young. I'm not in my 30s or nothing. I'm in my 20s. But the thing is, a lot of people will sit there and say, like, um, I, th I think I shared this with Brother Lance, but mm -hmm. I done seen a lot. You know, one of my homegirls, she's doing 30-plus years because she was in a relationship where her baby father was messing with another woman. And the woman was coming to the home, you know, she put a restraining order on her. They were fighting, vice versa. It was just so much to the point where a situation happened 
the woman ended up dying. They said it was my sister. Wow. And she ended up doing 30 years, you know. So when I see this shit, excuse my language, when I see stuff like this, I don't even give people the, the, the time of day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might see a, a, a youngin or this, that, and the fourth, and they might try to make conversation with me. Oh, you do X, Y, and Z? I'm cutting you off. You listen to this type of music? I'm cutting you off. Mm-hmm. There's no compromise. You know what I'm saying? Until you meet that individual mm-hmm. that's on that frequency. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. You coming on this line today right now is already, you're on that frequency. Right. When you start manifesting and doing things that are conducive to your environment that bring you love that bring you energy you know what i'm saying and you vibrate on on certain situations certain topics you know you you meet people that you know want to connect back to our ancestors you know want to mm-hmm. uh read the, the 42 laws of my aunt want to live a righteous life want to live in tune like these are the things that will bring us closer right to our reflection that's Whether right. it's man or woman, this is the divinity that we have to walk in, and you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? So don't ever make, don't ever allow anybody to make you feel like, oh, they're they're laughing at you, but karma's a bitch. They gonna pay for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They will pay. You know, there's there, there, and the reason why I said, um, you know, go back to the laws of my aunt is because nothing that we do is without payback. We have free will, but every decision that we make. Whether we do somebody wrong, whether we do something behind closed doors that we think nobody sees, we will have to pay an answer for that. You know what I'm saying? So don't even give no energy to that and keep on doing you. (laughs) Sometimes, I'll say on another note and I'll say this comment. You know, it's like the Terminator. Remember the Terminator, the the guy that turned metal, like the liquid metal and all this stuff? You know, you have these yeah. all, you have these online entities yeah. that they just like they're like mosquitoes, man. They won't go away, and um, they work so hard making fake profile. It's like, listen, please, you know, it's annoying. If you're not gonna be real, you know, oh God, just go away. This is this big enough, anyway. <laughs> Somebody's on on the on the chat. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. But you know, we speak the same way when we type. We type the same way. We say the same. It's about not the vibe of what's going on. It's about self-promotion. It's crazy. Go, go, you know, uh, it's crazy. Exactly. I, and I'm one to help wanna, but it's like, it's just, I'm coming there to just get, go, you know? It's crazy. It's just annoying. You grown people, man. We're it's trying like, to build. We're trying to build. <laughs> yeah, but. Trying to build and somebody's trying to post. Some people's, you know, people on the popularity kind of numbers, whatever, go, go, you know, like go somewhere else, you know? Oh, God. You know, I like to be laid back. I don't want to be around fake people, you know, fake people. I, you know, and people say, well, you know, your show used to be this way. I'm not trying to have the numbers around me. I just want the real vibe. I want the real thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want us to talk about real situations and not, you know, I, I don't have this psychotic need to, you know, be in every picture, be in every stream, be in my name out there. You know, I'm doing a good job balanced. You know what I mean? And I'm happy with that. You know, I'm one store in the mall, and I'm happy with what comes my way. I don't, well, what's, oh, he's got a crowd in front. Oh, I better go over there and get, come to my store. Come to my store. No, man. I'm eating. I'm good. You know, it's just, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, people change the profiles, and, but, and you know, but IP addresses don't change, and that's what they don't understand, you know? <laughs> you know, I was, I was going to tell the sister this, too, is that I, I don't know, you know, if you look at society, the black, the black man is always being put at the, the lowest point as well. But yeah. The black woman has so much power. Yes. Like, if, if black women were to sit there and say, right. this is what I want from black women, I ain't taking nothing more. Right. Yo, you would see black men turn overnight. <laughs> I'm telling you. They might not say it, but they will do it. You know what I'm saying? So as a black man telling you as a black woman, yo, you got power. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm right. sure you already know that. Mm -hmm. But you have real power to where you can command what you want. Mm -hmm. You can look in a brother's eye and be like, you think you're worthy of me? This is what I want. Right. And I'm not taking nothing less. When you when you speak that truth in the, in the heart of an individual mm -hmm. and they see that authority inside of you, if they're not right, they won't have to bow down. Right. right. You know, I'm gonna just leave it there, and I want you to keep speaking. <laughs> well, well, I, I do see someone who's near and dear to me, very close. I'll say Reno, Nevada. I won't say any name. I don't know if you just want to listen or you want to chime in. But if you want to chime in, feel free to do so. You know, um, feel free to do so. The lines are open, and um, yeah, let's just keep flowing. You know, we have to really understand that. This time is not to be wasted. I don't want to waste one morsel of time. I feel like that kid who has that bag of cookies and every crumb. When I'm done, I'm putting it to my head to get everything. And I'm, and nobody's looking. I might rip the bag open and lick the little chocolates <laughs> on there that melted in there. I want to get it all. I want to breathe and inhale deeply. I want to exhale everything out. I want to sleep late. I want to go to bed early. I want to laugh hard. I want to experience everything there is to experience and vibrate. Um, this is a wonderful life. And as long as you keep your filters clean and not allow other people to clog them up. And sometimes in helping other people, we allow other people to clog up our filters. We can't do that. We got to understand we got to keep ourselves uh, working at optimal efficiency. And and by, by letting ourselves go down is not helping um, this other person because Oftentimes and many times and too many times, that person brushes themselves up. We nurse them to health and strength and they skedaddle on out of your life, you know, and, and, and you're sitting here broken because you gave so much to them. You're supposed to give and you're supposed to give all, but they're supposed to give all also. It's a, it's a, it's a two-sided thing. And it doesn't have to be always tit for tat. I don't mind giving 100% all the time. As long as I know who I'm with is willing to give 100% all the time. It's not, well, I gave 99 and you better give 99 now. That's, no, I'm not going to nitpick like that. It's like a bunch of buddies that go out and say, listen, I want to go eat. I got you. I might do that three or four times. Now, I'm not going to maybe do it all the time because that's money. But it's it's because they might do it in a different way. It doesn't have to be just money. People love differently. It's not the same currency all the time. You have to understand that 
with a sum total of our experiences and we even love differently. If you require a certain level of love, mental, physical, or spiritual, you're supposed to know yourself enough that you can come out and say, hey, now that we're putting the chips on the table and we're both ready to commit to this relationship, what are your needs? What are your real needs? They could be small little idiosyncrasies that don't even matter to anybody else. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one with me and Mrs. Skurve, right? She can wake up and go into the yard freely, grab a machete and start trimming things down and working or whatever, and I'll get up, and she always pretty much gets up before me because I do these shows later, I'm up late, right? But she has no problem with that. And I'll say, sweetheart, what do you have planned for the day? And she might say, well, nah, I'm going we to do this. I say, okay, um, what time do you want to go? You know, how long are we going to stay? When are we gonna get? I got to know, but she's more fluid than I am. I'm not rigid, but when I get up, I get up with the attack like, okay, here's the list. We're going to do this. And then afterward, I relax. That's the way I do. Or say, for example, she has to get to bed. She's going to get up early. She's like, I got to get my rest. Now, I'm working on that. But me, if I know that I will get my rest when my, my weekend comes, I don't mind getting up late and being a little tired. So I tell her, listen, let's, don't spring anything on me. Let me know. So if I'm going to get less rest tonight, I'll know I'm going to get four hours of sleep or three hours of sleep. But I know this. So just wake me up. Wake me up at the last minute and we'll go. I'll shower, shave, whatever, and we'll go. So we all have our own user's manual with each other, but we have to be able to communicate this to, to each other. So we have to know each other. We have to know ourselves and be willing to be honest. If you don't like something in the bedroom, tell me. Whoever, you know, I'm just, not me. I'm just saying I'm not out there like that, but tell the person. If you do like something a little different, you tell them. Let them know. Don't spring it on them. You know, look, Mrs. Skirv will make a plate of food for me, which she is over and above the best cook in the house, right? I just learned how to boil water. So she understands that, well, he's not going to be the guy to cook a gourmet meal or whatever, unless he had somebody else do it and try to fool me or something. Well, we, she understands that, so she doesn't even ask or get mad. You didn't cook? But you know what? There are other things that I do that she may not do as well as I do, just the same way the other way. So it's expected with those things that I do that. Marriage is a contract and an agreement between two people. You hash it out. But you have to be authentic when you sit down to, to sign those emotional mortgage papers. You can't bring a representative. You can't bring a projection. You can't bring a fake representative. You got to bring you. Because one day the makeup is going to come off. You're going to have that one first time pass gas moment when things get real. And you look at each other and say, oh, God, I, I let it go. Oh, God. Come back two years later. You just, hey, honey, boom. You know, how was your thing today? It's no problem. So stop the superficial stuff. Let's be real. I want to be the guy that when you run out of toilet paper, you can come and ask me. I'll bring it to you. I want you to be the person that I see as my home, even away from home, to heck, to heck with this house. My woman is my home. Your man should be your home. That little girl side of you, I'm not saying grown women are not, are not they're not little girls, right? What I mean is that, let me, let me clean this up before, right? 
We're multifaceted. Okay? As a man, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I can be a brother. Now, I'm not no brother to my wife, but I can be in a way that I can be your buddy. I can be your lover. I can be the one who soothes you. See, so we have different gears in our vehicle, and just because we got to a certain age, it doesn't mean we, util we don't utilize those gears. We might not use it as much, but sometimes, men, your woman can be your mother. You're not looking for no mother to raise you, but you're sick with the flu. You got diarrhea. It's not going to be a romantic, I'm going to come to bed wearing the Victoria's Secrets. No, I'm sick. You're going to comfort me like that. Sometimes we're shopping and we're joking and, and you can be sisterly to me. You're still my woman. It's just a different gear, how we approach. And sometimes you'll be that little girl. And you want me to wrap my strong arms around you and hold your head and kiss your forehead and say, listen, sweetheart, it's going to be all right. I know you're grown behind woman, but you should be allowed in a relationship to flex all the gears that you have. It shouldn't be where, oh, I can't be that way with him. Imagine driving from New York to California in a stick shift that has five gears, but you're only allowed to drive on one. You'll burn out. Sometimes Mrs. Skurve and I are in the house together and we already naturally know how we feel. And something tells me she needs to be quiet. She needs to go lay down and me not bug her. We need to feel the passage of time together in the same house, but our hearts still beat as one. You have to study the person and know them and internalize them and be about them to flow this way intuitively. And many people have forgotten that. They think, oh, we got married. We got the piece of paper. Girl, boy, you look at backside looking good. Let's go on to bed. How shallow that is because there's a lot of shapely backsides out here. Right? There's a lot of men attached to uh, the beautiful penises that some women may like. But like I always say, and I said in one of my shows before, and I said in the article, there's a lot of good penises attached to a fool who wreck your life. So the union has got to go deeper and beyond that. It can't be just the superficial thing because realistically, anybody can cook chicken, throw a little season and make it taste good. If you're aroused enough, any old thing will feel good to get you off at that point. That's why so many women say, hey, homeboy's not coming over tonight. I'm reaching over in the drawer and I'm getting that battery operated boyfriend. We're not connected. The main thing is to be connected and be all in. Men talk about and brag how deep they can go on the stroke, but how deep can you go in her mind? How deep can you go to touch her heart? That when you're not with her, she's thinking about you and feels connected. And the same for you. You can't get that level on the superficial, carnal, hedonistic vibe that the world now is promoting. I don't want it. It's sick and it doesn't, it may look good, but it doesn't taste good and it's damn sure not nourishing. I'll shut up. Go ahead, Cheryl and, and Kojo. <laughs> she giggling, yeah, right? The main thing I want for to know, that's why I put my story out here so women can know what this thing is because, you know, I have had other relationships mm -hmm. when we broke up. It didn't have that lasting effect. It didn't come with that anger. And, you know, 
I knew it was something different. That's why I was like, there's something different about this. I have had breakups before, but this one has left me angry. And it's, you know, years have passed now. Mm-hmm. We're, it's going into like three years, three or more years now. Yes, I have seen progress, yes. Mm-hmm. But some days, you know, I think about what he did. And like I said, I could step and see, see. And then, like I say, just to get to me, he tried to have this very close relationship with the kids. Mm-hmm. Just because we wasn't speaking. He felt that he needed to be around them every day. Okay, I'm not stopping you from being around them. But when it all boiled down, he didn't want to be around them. He was used to them for porn. So it, it just goes to say how sick their minds feel. They will take away from the hunger. They'll take away from the handicap. They'll take away from the chronically ill just to get what they need to get. Because Damn it's all nice. about them. All about them. So some days my kids don't even hear from me. Hmm. I, so they wasn't that important. I, I'm going to spill that name I wanted to uh, speak about. I'll take a chance, you know. Um no, that name of the guy I was telling you about who's like the ultimate narcissist that I saw. Right, right. I'm going to spell it out. No, I'm going to say it. It's one word. I rule. I-R-U-L-E. I rule. Rule. Like, I rule. What a name. Show me a better narcissist name than that. Right. Introduce yourself, sir. What's your name? I rule. I'm in charge. I'm running things. Say my name, baby. I, I, no, you rule. <laughs> <laughs> rule. Your mama didn't give you that name. That's crazy. Oh, hey, hey, That's buddy. crazy. <laughs> he changed his name to that. I rule. And number one, you, you know, they don't like that. Because I would think, you know, this, this is the name you gave yourself. I wouldn't even think it's the name his mom gave him. No, but the funny thing is, you know, I'm out there in the public. I might pull up on a bus stop one day. Hey, man, come here. You talk about me in the live streams, we going to fight. I'd have to punch down because the brother's like four foot five. Anyway, you know, he has that little Napoleon thing going on and, and the narcissistic thing going on. But, yeah. You're right, real spoken poetry. Intimacy is not sex only. It may be just chilling on the sofa, snuggling. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it's more, it's, it's even more delicious when it's like that because you can always, always get the sex, have the sex in your relationship. But that real thing where, you, where, you, where you're out in the world and you dream about those sweet moments where maybe you both wake up, but you didn't wake up all the way and then you fall back down in the sleep and you're talking about something and the conversation ends and three hours go by, you wake up again. It's crazy, you know, and you bond. You know, you, you end up going to the bathroom at the same time. You feel hungry at the same time. All of these wonderful things and those beautiful, quiet moments you, you can enjoy and it doesn't feel like you're with another entity where, oh God, there's another weight by me. You move as one, even though you are still 100% a person and two separate people, yes, in, in essence, but you're so connected and the overlap is so good. Yes, we understand that people have their own likes and dislikes. 
you may like this food a little more. You may like it cooked this way. You might not like this, might like that, like that. But you 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 appreciate those differences in each other, and you have that overlap. You have those sides that overlap, and and you're centered together. You have the same desires and dreams. You know you can't force that. You know it has to. It just has to. It has to line up that way. And you realize how lined up you are when you know every little thing. And I started to say something else that when I wake up and Mrs. Skirt might put some food together for me to go to work or whatever, she always, always puts the right amount of food in the container down to the last bite. I'm like, how does she know this? She can't say it either. She just knows. She just puts it in as though it's her putting food in the plate. Like, this is what I want. And it's not like, well, you do all the cooking and you're my slave and I rule. No, no. It's a, it's a, we, we both are into this thing 100%. But she's connected to me so deep, she knows. And just from a look of an eye, looking eye to eye, she knows. Or something's wrong. I look at her, I say, Come, okay, t tell me. You know, talk to me. What's up? Okay, we'll talk later. Or whatever. Okay, we'll talk now. That's where it should be. Where you both cut effortless, effort, effortlessly through life, like a hot, sharp knife through butter, and, and it's, it's not a problem. Y'all mind that one, right? You know, y'all mind up. And 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 the funny thing about it is that a lot of people don't really look at the whole the the mind the mind of an individual as a reflection. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if somebody wants to speak to me or say, oh, I want to talk to you or whatever, the first thing I'm asking is, what's your mind like? What do you mean with my mind? Let me just interject. You know, right, again, I go... No, I just want to say the real spoken poetry, that nurse outfit is a heck of a thing. But I'll just say that much. Go ahead, Kojo. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, what's your mind like? Like, what do you mean with my mind like? Well, right. you know, the, the one, the first hermetic principle is all is mental. You know what I'm saying? Where, where's our mind state at? We know that mm -hmm. this physical projection is only a vessel. You know yes. what I'm saying? We, we yes, know we that everything that we do, how we respond to certain situations, you know, if somebody does something to us, how we, how we react to it, our circumstances, is all in our mind, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of times you really know who, who a person is based on situations that occur. You know, well, hey, you went to work and, you know, somebody said X, Y, and Z to you, so, okay, it's on your mind. You come home, now you're taking it out on me. Mm -hmm. You know, so if a person isn't vibrating on that, on that same mind frequency, oh, it's a wrap. Let that person go. It's a waste of time. It ain't even worth it. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know? Sherelle, we didn't forget about you back there. This is your show tonight. Come on to talk. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, the only thing I have to say about that, I just want women to learn what they're dealing with out there. Don't let your friends be up in your ear saying that, mm -hmm. like, something's wrong with you. Because I, I got that a lot. I got that a lot because the friends I had, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't accept the type of woman I was. I was called stubborn, probably foolish a lot of times. 
too much pride. They said I had too much pride. But you got to look at, you know, different women come from different experiences. Exactly. But one thing we need to teach our daughters is self-respect. Because no way in the world I'm going to let a dude just trample over me just to have a title. I'm not aiming for no title. I want more than that. I want something with meaning, commitment. There's a lot of married people out there, but they married and they single. Mm-hmm. Married and single. A lot of people claiming relationships, but guess what? You're single because they don't have that substance up in there that saves intimacy. They don't have up in there no trust. They don't have up in there that love and that respect, that loyalty. You ain't got none of that then, mm-hmm. you know, why are we doing it? But yet, I'm foolish. I got too much pride. Right. See? An older lady once told me when I was a younger lady, and I'm still a younger lady now. You'll always be young. Old. Yeah, exactly. You're a better version of yourself. So how? Lady once told me. Right. She said I used to be an old. I mean, a young fool. She said now I'm an old fool. Wow. Because I the things my husband was doing, and I went along with it. She said I nursed him on his sick bed. That's right, spoken. He got right back up and did the same things to me. But the thing about it is, she told me as a young woman, French maid, when women change their mindset. Then they'll find that man who's vibing with them. That man that's out there that's yeah. telling you, that got you compete for him. He ain't the man for you. Because his mindset ain't on the level your mindset on. Mm-hmm. If he got to have women competing over him, then what that says about him? It's something down in him that probably happened in his childhood why he felt he wasn't valuable. And so that's why he got to stir up all of this fuss over himself. Because that's the only type of man I can see that got to have women competing over him. <laughs> the, black, so, the, black, the black man the black man has a um, has an ego problem based on the programming of, of society. No control in no areas of society. So the only way is through a relationship of a person that's willing to submit. That. And, and and many feel, and this is no excuse for our wayward brothers. It's just an assessment. Um, and I'm not gonna blame like oh white supremacy, you know, look, you know, you, the good men out here who love their women who are faithful, loyal, and committed. But there are many out here who, because of their background, their experiences, and what they didn't get to understand. To, to get to that point, because I, I don't expect a young man to just come out the womb and be so righteous or whatever. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to make misjudgments. But many out here who have lost their way begin to feel, and they won't tell you this, but you can, you can tell. How many of us have seen that hardworking young lady going to or coming from work, rather, in the afternoon, and she's dressed so nice. She might have just gotten out of work and went to the gym. 
but she still has her work clothes on somehow. She put them back on or whatever, but she's walking down the street and she lives in a mixed neighborhood, meaning mixed on a financial level where one side might be a little more affluent and she, there's a part that people would consider the hood. We know God doesn't make any hoods, but the mentality in that particular area, what I'm saying, she's walking down, passing a corner of brothers who may not be employed, self-employed or employed elsewhere for different reasons. But their mind may not be that way where they're looking to go anywhere that way and they feel the sense or lack of sense of power in the world. The only thing they feel they have to offer, I'm not saying this is all my brothers, but these particular types who are crushed under the foot of white supremacy, they don't know how this thing works out. This is no excuse to treat a woman bad, but the only power that they have is it that they can say to this young lady who's walking by, how are you? Can I take you out to a play? Can I take you out to a movie? Can we go to a fine restaurant? No. Chances are he's got one hand, his right hand, if he's right-handed, holding on to something between his legs. Because many times with men like this, the only sense of power that they feel that they can have is through their penis or all things sexual. So he may try a weak attempt an attempt from an insecure man who knows that he really doesn't have his act together from within. I'm not talking about the superficial things where, oh, I have to have this car and I got to have this condo and I got to have all these clothes. I'm not saying that. But knowing that you're developing yourself and you're ready for that right type of woman and you can have the confidence within yourself to step to anybody. No, they don't have that. So what do they do? They may say, throw out a line. Hey, girl, what's your name? So and so and so and so not even trying to be or act in a gentlemanly way. She walks past him. She might not say anything. She might say something back, but it's not enough. As soon as he, she passes him with the other guys around, all, all of a sudden she becomes a B-I-T-C-H. All of a sudden he's holding on to his crotch and said, yeah, you couldn't handle this anyway because I'll dig your back out. Sex becomes a weapon. It becomes something like I'm assaulting you, like I'm beating you down. The songs that we have, oh, can you handle it? My lovers, I'll overwhelm you. I'll do this. I'll, I'll, you know, the way we talk, I'll bang you out. Oh, I'll, I'll rock your world. Or What is this, a fight? What happened to being gentle? Yes, we can increase the tempo and speed and the depth and all the other things and the angles and stuff. And sometimes you may want a little more salt on your pizza than others. Right? Than other nights. But many black men don't feel secure enough in themselves that in other areas. They may feel bad that they may not be well read or, or intelligent, or some are born with intelligence, but they're not educated enough or self educated to be able to hang on these levels. Now, I know there are women who throw off on these types, right? So that's a whole other topic, but many of our men only feel confident in one area, and it's only that they'll talk about. They won't talk about anything else or, or they may not have dreams, but it goes as far as that. And if you can't get down with me that way, that's it. So they get with the chick that they call a hood chick, you know, uh, just a hood, hood rat. And so he can rule over the, her with that because her mind doesn't go any further because she's offering the same thing. Girl, I'll rock your world. Boy, I'll take it all out of you. Girl, girl I'll, I'll smash this. You can't break nothing. And they get babies and can't handle that because sex has been this 
they venture into this arena where they feel they have confidence, but they mess themselves up. And then later on, and I'm not on the market, but I drive the bus. And a lot of the so-called, I'm not calling my sisters, I'm referring to it because people, people say this about them. They call them hood rats. When they come to me now, you know, they have their attitude. In their little world, their little breasts hanging out, spilling over, and the, the tight this and tight that, which is eye-catching to most men who are on the carnal level. They don't pick something up from me. And it's strange to them. Like, girl, they say it to the next girl behind him getting on the bus. Yo, he ain't even, look at them titties. He must be a faggot because that's the only currency they know. <laughs> and then they make it obvious. They oh, ask me a question about directions or something, and they're busy wagging the puppies, or they drop down something and turn around and put the panty line close to where I can see them, and they see me looking them dead in the eye. They're not used to dealing with a man like me. I'm not saying I'm all that. But that energy now, I've devalued their currency. Their stock market has crashed. And these men who depend on that, when they run across a dignified woman of class who's not just on a low level, they realize they're bankrupted and they have nothing in their bank to offer, you know, her particular account. I've talked enough. I'll shut up. Go ahead, y'all. Sherelle. Oh, can I, can, I, can I say something real quick? Oh, go ahead, man. I had a... I had a no, I had a situation like that when I was working in what I call um, Babylon. <laughs> and, you know, where I was working at was all, was all women. And they were all like, you know, they were older. You know, they had like kids that were my age and whatnot. So I always say to myself, like, there's a, a brother that was, I, I want to say he was, he was in his 40s. And when I had came, he was like, oh. You know, you sitting right here. You got so-and-so right there. You got so-and-so right here. I'm like, yo, all of these people are older, number one. He was like, that don't mean nothing. And I was like, number two, I'm here to just do my work and get my money and just bounce. So, you know, as time went on, you know, you would have women do certain things. They would ask you certain questions. They would, you know, you know how somebody tries to, um, like, see where you at. If you right. Like there's a there's a um, there's a saying that we say like the people my age or whatever like if 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 she throw it you gonna catch it <laughs> right right it's right saying so you know what I'm saying they would throw it but I wouldn't catch it so one day I'm waiting for the bus and there's a, a woman that I always you know always talking to her about you know um, different things like you know ancient Kemet and you know, our ancestors and stuff like that. Like, I'm always trying to get people on that same frequency. Right. So I told her sister, you know, I was talking to her, and she pointed on cue, like, oh, so-and-so, um, her ass is so fat. So in my head, I'm like, I didn't say nothing. She was like, don't you think her ass is fat? I was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie, but oh, well, like, it is what it is. So she was like, what do you think about... um Someone so to stand a fool. So I was like, I don't really care about it. So um, what happened was she had asked me, she said, you know, all of the, because it's not a lot of guys, and the guys that were there were on that, you know, that other side, that other mm -hmm. um, homosexuality stuff. So <laughs> she had asked, she said, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of guys. There's not a, a lot of real guys um, where we work at. And I'm like, I know it's sad, right? So 
she was like, yeah, but you know, I always wanted to ask you a question. I'm like, go ahead. She was like, well, you know, you don't really be what we call going smack, which means trying to talk to the woman, woman over there. So I just always, I was like, what you mean you always wondered what? She was like, well, look, we don't be knowing, like, you know what I'm saying? You stay to yourself, you know what I'm saying? When you when you do talk and we ask you questions, like one day you say you got six kids, the next day you got you say you got two kids, the next day you say you have no kids, the next day you say you married. And I said, let me tell you something. The reason why I say certain stuff like that is because I don't want nobody in my business. That's why. That's number one. Number two, ain't nobody a damn homosexual. <laughs> but I told her, I said, you know what? One thing that people don't understand is, okay, you've got people that's 20 years older than me. I could be out here trying to sleep with this individual, trying to sleep with this individual. But let me tell you something. If I could barely take care of myself, why will I use my power, my look, to lust over a woman, win her over, and potentially have to take care of her or a kid if I can't take care of myself? So she sat there and she was like, oh, my gosh, like, you're so right. And I was like, let me tell you something. You have to look at it both ways. There's a whole bunch of beautiful women in this world. But one thing people don't understand is that if I can't take care of myself, why will I indulge in something that's not conducive for my growth? So when I said that, she was like, you know, I wish I had, you know, learned, like, knew that when I was growing up mm-hmm. and this, that, and forth. And I was like, just to let you know, there's some men out here that's holding out for the right person. And until I can take care of myself, I'm not with it. I acknowledge the beautiful woman. You know, I speak to them. I acknowledge them. But I ain't out here like every other guy. So I just wanted to put that out there that mm-hmm. it's a misconception when 99.5% is doing the same thing. And you have people that's really understanding this simulation because, yo, what they program in the music, people sit there and say, oh, it's just, it's just entertainment. You know, like they, they put this in a religion. The man is the head of the household, this, that, and the fourth. And we're, we're breeding children that don't have no solid foundation. So what they do is they look at what's on the television, they act it out, and we blame them. But how can we truly blame them when, it's so blatant today. And the same people that's raising them, they don't have no foundation and they doing the same thing that they they, they don't want their children to do. So it's hmm. sad. It's a cycle that needs to stop. But, you know, some of us are trying to do the right thing. And, you know, the sister that's on the line, you're on it. You know what I'm saying? You're doing what's right for you as far as, you know, blocking out energies that aren't conducive to your growth. And that's what we all need to do, you know. But I'll just leave it there and let y'all pick up. <laughs> no, that's, that's excellent, man. That's excellent. You know I'm a talker, man. I love talking. And, and let me just say again, you will <laughs> see that white background, the yellow letters. You can hardly read what I type. That's why I've been avoiding typing as much. Um, on the regular YouTube chat, you can see everything clearly. But in the program, it just looks like it's so ugly. It's like, wait a second, I made a mistake with something, but it's only mine, um, my font. But I've been working hard to change that, and I just it's, it's bugging me. Also, 
Um, the Charlemagne story, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I have time tomorrow. We'll go in on it and we'll bring, you know, and I'm going to study up on some more facts and stuff and bring it correct. Um, there are a lot of projects that I'm working on right now. I'm working on three book covers um, that I've already been paid for to do and I have deadlines. I work a job and a half. Um, I have I got to cut the grass tomorrow, and, and you know if it's raining, I'm going to have to do it tomorrow because that's the only time I have. Um, I get a lot done, and people say that I kind of make it look kind of easy, but you know it's a lot, it's a lot, and I'm, I'm not trying to say give me a standard ovation for this, whatever, because this is what I want to do. But sometimes there's so much that happens, and I see the things, and it's like, man, I want to comment on it, but my break is over. So I, I, I'm going to try to learn to do more videos through my phone, right? Just record something, throw up a cheap little picture and move on from it. But it's just so much information coming and I, I run from no topic, you know, and even still when we get down in it. When I get down in a show or a topic, we go on longer. I will give more, you know, when brother Abraham X, you know, called last night, I had sent the text. I said, after we did the Keston show yesterday, I said, okay, whenever you're ready. But he didn't respond to like the wee hours. I was almost going to bed. I said, okay, boom. We came in the room. We knocked out three hours and 14 minutes on a very interesting show. And he brought some facts. Brother Kesting came over. Honestly, we, we, he had to check and look at the AC unit. He's good that way. Everything was okay. So we're sitting around the table and he's sort of speaking some truth. I said, Kesting, come on to the back, man. Come on to the back. Come to the studio. He was on fire. Look what we did. We did another show for a few hours. Now, you know, we have our sister here as a continuation on the videotape that we did that was recorded. And um, she's like, yeah, look at these brothers. They just talking and just shut me on out. No, I'm going to let you talk after this. And, and you said also, too, that oh, I'm going to give you an hour. That was like two and a half hours ago. See, so I always get you and pull you out. <laughs> I'm sorry. But what you brought is so interesting in your perspective. So I just wanted to clear that out. Um the internet, the, the buffering is a little funny. There will be pauses. There was a bad storm. It seems to have gone away, but I'm noticing the buffering is like a little labored. So on the replay of this, there will be gaps and little funny things. And I do have, have to check out a few things. But tomorrow we will do Charlemagne the God, and we'll talk about him. I'll put the banner up. I cannot guarantee what time it's going to be, but get the alerts, sign up um, for the notifications. And as soon as I put it out there, it's a wrap. It'll be out there, you know? But yeah, I'm not going to hold you that much longer. And plus, I have to go soon. And like when we do a show and the, and, and the listeners and the viewers love it, just let me know. Get her back on. Listen, we're going to be poking your brain for a long time because there, there are young ladies and there are men out there who want to talk with you on a live show. And they have their perspectives on what you've gone through. So, you know, you ain't going nowhere no time soon. You know, it's it's like the mother who, you know, had, yeah, yeah. I would like to share my story. I would like to answer questions that may help someone that, you know, I didn't have anyone to tell me about it. Mm -hmm. I think you know all it is to know about dating, relationships, and then boom, you find out something new. Wow, many years later, you know it's different. You know you haven't ever did it before. And so, yeah, I would like to uh, come back on anytime for to answer questions that people may have because there's people out there I get sent questions all the time through email. And one question that I want to uh, touch on, because mm -hmm. uh, people ask me this all the time, has he reached his karma? 
Not yet. Not that I know <laughs> of. And you, you may never know. Right. You may never know if a person has gotten their karma. Or uh, another question people always talk about, or uh, have you heard of them having any bad sales? I don't listen to know what they're doing. I don't check social media to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't even see them really in the streets, and that's a blessing. Yeah. So those are some things that people always touch on. They ask, well, how did you get over? Well, prayer, prayer, and taking all of that energy that you devote into anger, switch it into something positive. That's what I stay on all the time. Mm-hmm. Working on a book, trying to get that book out there so women will know what's up what they need to be doing instead of, you know, chasing them behind me and who'd have made it so clear, this isn't what I want. So you got to know how to be a chaser for your dreams instead of a chaser for, I guess, what they call it, love. Mm-hmm. But that's the main point. Those are the questions I get asked and I want to answer them because people struggling out here, they want to know. And, of course, we all want to hear about, you know, I know a lot of you all want to hear when I come up and say, well, yep, he done got his karma, y'all. He got it. He got it. Yeah, we're we going to stay tuned for that. We're going to make sure. And like you said, call you. Oh that, that, that was a trifle him and her both, and I'm going to bounce off what the young gentleman said mm-hmm. uh, moments ago. He said he had met his reflection. Yeah, I've been thought that. I'm like, you know what? He is just a covert one. She's out the closet. Both of them love things. She loud. He quiet. He love it. She's provocative. He love it. And he feels she's his carbon copy. Wow. I used to say all the time, yeah, he had met his match. And I really think so. He have met his match. But the thing about it is, is it a good thing or a bad thing? There you go. I don't know, but like the young, the young guy said, everybody has to pay for the dirt that they do. Mm-hmm. Or, right. or, or, or do, uh, a, or do community service on an emotional level. <laughs> Ease somebody yeah, else's and, pain. And, and it might not be in, it might not be in this. This lifetime, but it might be in his next lifetime. But he will, people will be judged, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, once we let go, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned is, of course, when things go wrong and stuff like that, we get emotional, you know. But at the same time, just just look at the good in it, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're a vessel, so just know that, you know, hey, thank God. It could have went, it could have even went deeper. Something could have happened to me. Like, you know, I, I told you about my homegirl. Somebody died over this three-way relationship. She's doing 30-plus years because of that, mm. you know. So a lot of times things are a blessing to wake us up. If we didn't learn, if we didn't go through certain situations, we wouldn't even be the person that, you know, that we are today. Right. You know, so if we look at that, like somebody has said, um, Brother Lance has said, we don't come out the womb knowing everything. And unfortunately, we're in a system where things program our psyche, you know. So when we start going through something, a person once said, I know a lot of people know this, but it's not about um, what happens to you, but it's about how you react to it. All is mental. How we react 
to our mind and the, the emotions that come into into our life is what we're truly measured by, mm-hmm. you know. But please, whenever you have time, um, look into the um, the laws of Ma'at, you know, the 11 laws of God, the hermetic principles. These are the foundations that our, our ancient ancestors had, and they weren't, they weren't doctrines or religions or anything. They were just simply a way of being able to be in tune with the all. And, of course, it worked because for thousands of years, they were able to be rulers of the earth to where today we could go back and look at it, mm-hmm. you know. Wonderful, wonderful. So, my dear sister, we're going to wrap it down. And um, you all know I'm a workaholic. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep on going. Since you said that um you can come on any time, what are you doing about maybe three in the morning? I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I'm a, I'm a little some fatigued right now. When I get back, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow myself to um to crash. I think the the, the last two or three days, I put in some work. It's other things that are unseen but you never know you never know i might get up and get a text message and you know uh, they found out that president barack obama was on a date with rupaul or something and i gotta go in the room and do a show i'm like wait a second we gotta talk about this you know what i mean so <laughs> just something crazy or goofy you know <laughs> you want to catch it when it's hot but <laughs> i made that one up with the top of my head i don't know where rupaul came from you know <laughs> Michelle was pacing back and forth somewhere with a big kitchen knife. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I got a stupid imagination. But I really want to say that I appreciate your time and your willingness to share what you've been through where many won't. And you're giving people strength um, because people sit on the sidelines sometimes and it's not a bad thing, but sometimes they think they're the only one going through something. And when they hear someone who comes out first and basically says, you know, I've been through this and this is, it teaches them. And as you nurse them to strength, they can help other people because they'll know that it's okay. I'm not the only one that has gone through this and maybe taken a blow. Yes, you've been through things, but could you imagine maybe there's some people who've been through less and some people who've been through more. Like I said, I have a very close friend of mine who gave his all. I'm not going to say his name. I mean... I mean, he could, he's getting dogged right now really bad. I mean, one of the worst situations that you could ever think over and over. And um, we got to be there for these folks when they're going through stuff because you might be the difference between them putting a bullet in somebody else's head or putting a bullet in their head. We have to undergird people. When we have videos like this and conversations that are recorded and put up, we, we'll be like, later on, you'll be sleeping. But there might be some woman or man who's listening to what you said while you're sleeping and you're helping them even in your sleep. So I, I, I really enjoy that concept. And I get a tremendous amount of communications and text messages and emails and stuff directly from people who say, man, that show you did. It wasn't even about me. I'm not some great person. I just own this Lance Curve restaurant. We got cooks here who are brilliant, who are making the food good, right? So, so I don't take credit for that. I don't even take credit when I can take the credit. It's just you have to pass on what it is that you experience and, and share it, knowing that it's going to have value at some point in somebody's life. How many times we had something that we wanted to, and I'm going to get go after this, right? It'll be another two hours. 
that we thought we were going to throw away and we put it to the side and, and something happened, we needed something, and all of a sudden it became the most valuable thing. So what we throw out, we think we conquered it in a situation to say, eh, I know this already, eh, but I'm going to, no, somebody else may not know it. Little boy on the bus the other day, he trusted me just from seeing me and observing me. And he was going, I'm not a little boy, but by 18 years old, he was going for a job interview and he was so embarrassed. He didn't want to ask his friends how to tie a tie. So he kind of hung out on the bus. I said, he's kind of hanging around. I know it stopped. He passed it. And we started talking. He's sort of speaking about the job interview, but he didn't know how to tie a tie. So at the end of my route, I had 15 minutes. We, I saved face. I didn't let the passengers come on. We went to the back of the bus, man, and sat down and did it over and over and over and over again, over and over. And I said, to guarantee that you don't forget this, let me tie it for you and you keep it tied. But still, I want you to practice. You know what I mean? These are things that was valuable to him then. If I gave him $5, it wouldn't have helped him tie his tie. I still gave him $5. But anyway, let's wrap it up, y'all. We're going to um, leave out I love you all. Y'all know what to do. Download the Landscurve app at the Google Play Store, the Amazon Store, the App Store. Go to landscurve.com. Sign up for the mailing list for all the blogs and written things and shows that you might miss. Um, there's so much out there. Follow me on all those different social media you see below, and there's more than that. It's a whole lot out there. I just want to keep in contact. I want people to give me feedback on the shows and what, what was said, and let's build, and let's make something happen. Again, I want to say it, September 15th, 2018, we have a live event that's going to be at the Three Mask Inc. Uh, a cultural center, and it's going to be open discussion, talking, vibing. It's free. Mr. Skurr is going to cook up a whole crap load of good vegan food, and um, we're going to live stream it, and you'll be able to call in, talk to the people who are in the audience with the mics. You know, we've been accumulating new equipment and putting things together so we can make this happen, not just for the people who are there, but for the people who may be on the other side of the world and can't make it, and we're going to do this at least once a month, okay? The first one's going to be free. The next one might be 5 or $10 to add in because we want to keep it going, and we're not doing anything for our pocket as far as the people who are showing up. But this one's a freebie, and we're going to make it sweet. We're going to make it sweet. And I definitely want to get our Brother Keith down here, and he said he will come down here. He'll be down here for a week. So we'll have him here in the studio, in the house, um, you know, rocking videos, in the street talking, going downtown, just being crazy, having fun. But it's all going to be fun, and I want to have everybody that's viewing with us all the time, even when you're asleep. You wake up in the morning and say, Dad, when do you have the time to do three more videos? You all have a good night, Brother Kojo, my dear sister, and everybody who's listening. We're going to cut out now, and I'll be driving out of here in another 10 minutes. Love you all. Take care. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Thank you so much. Right. Take care.